welcome to Chris Apocalypse, episode 187. And how you doing? Put my games back. Oh, okay. Just okay. stop interrupting me. This week we have a special guest to mark the anniversary of Chris Apocalypse. It's the Jubilee. The 187th episode, it's a big oh. day. Oh. Is, that, like, um, is that usually something we, you celebrate? <laughs> yes. Which which one is that in weddings? What, what wedding anniversary is that? Gangrenous. Okay, the gangrene anniversary is where you give someone gangrene. So I have a special guest. We have controversial Oscar winning director and actor Mel He's Gibson. better be rolling Polanski. Mel Gibson. Oh, okay. <laughs> What's that, that, Mel? Are you okay? <laughs> Are you okay today, Mel? Uh, yes. <laughs> I don't know you told me. That's, you didn't find yes. that out well. Uh, yes. I didn't listen to it. Uh, yes. <laughs> <It's a sound>. <laughs> 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 you people aren't listening. Yeah, I mean, it's listen. probably going to get just wiped out by listen. the noise gate and stuff. Sorry. But. I'll tell him my PC's coming by Skype, so he might be delayed. Because <laughs> he's not using Teams. He doesn't like Teams. You think Mel Gibson knows how to use Skype? <laughs> he's been using it for years. The most advanced phone he's ever used is a can with a piece of string attached to it. <laughs> so there's someone here. Some things that we could talk about with Mel Gibson. I don't know if I want to click wife. Because <laughs> I feel like that's a bad idea. Mel, how you doing? Seventy thousand dollars of it is mine. I want it back. Sorry, Mel, I think you're on the wrong call. You see, the, you, what you need to do is you need to say something that's relevant to what he's going to say. <laughs> no, you didn't. No, you didn't give me any money. <laughs> so anyway, so Mel is a is a controversial figure in the in the movie world. You know, he hasn't been cancelled as many proclaimed happens to them when they do silly things. Call Mr. Bronson, see what we can do about getting my money back. Charles Bronson's dead. Mel, calm down for a second. So yeah, so uh, yeah, so Mel, do you want to ask Mel Gibson a question, man? No, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> Ask him a question. Uh, no, have you? You haven't even got any. Relevant... Are, there, are there any Mel Gibson films you like? Uh, I liked him in um, in in um, um, what's that one where he he plays an android guy? No. <laughs> Suffragettes, surrogates. <laughs> That's. That was, that was Bruce Willis. Oh, oh, I was wrong there. Oh. <laughs> Mel's currently blocked by that for a second. You know that one where he had his, 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 he had his hand up of, like, a furry animal's the, ass. The puppet. <coughs> He's still blocked by an ad for a second. He's just having a bit of a kiss. <laughs> you got, you, you got adverts on it. <laughs> You He's not done a movie for a little while. He downloaded a freaking. Mel Gibson hasn't done a movie in a little voice while. Voice box thing. He, he's gotta. He's gotta conserve money where he can. So of course he's got ads. This. Do you know how much this call cost me? This call cost me so much money. Do you know how much money? My Stop. money. Yes or no? <laughs> Tell him, man. Is he gonna get his money? <sighs> I'm over the time of my life with this. Making. <laughs> Enjoy it. Yeah, it's just, uh, literally minutes of fun. 
minutes of fun. <laughs> I hit the husband one. It wasn't as bad as I expected. This is Porter. Yeah, it's Porter. This famous character from uh, from from what was that film? Payback. 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 What's the matter? Yeah, what's the matter? <laughs> You're having a good time. Val Resnick. Yeah, he's he's that's his that's his is agent. This, someone's just like they got all these. <laughs> I think it's and... exclusively from the film Payback. Yeah, but um, <laughs> why these quotes and what not about Carter? Yeah, what about any God? famous quotes from Mel Gibson? I mean, <sighs> you know, such as like some of the stuff he said to that police officer. Calm down, maybe. Mel. One second, we're having the conversation. Sorry, what? Maybe you could have some quotes from the police. What he said to that police officer once. And that might be on it. Cat got your crotch. Mel. Mel. <laughs> You're not the person to start talking about people's crutches. Calm down for a second. So, Ant, how you been this week? <laughs> I feel like it's getting worse. <laughs> in what way? You got to meet Cunt in the gang today. I didn't. <laughs> no, I did. I was working. I did, though. Uh, but yeah, so so how you doing? What what you know? It's last two weeks. Why why is it Mel Gibson soundboard? And then the next option is Hitler soundboard. I mean, I I think that's going to be related, isn't it? And that's going to be forever, you know, in your search history and stuff. What Mel Gibson soundboard? Yeah, yeah. Why you... didn't use a soundboard? And I've got him on a call. Can you respect this man? Can you respect this man? No. 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 Is that a yes? No. No quotes from Mad Max? No lethal weapon? You know what I mean. No, you're going to get enough ad. You're going to get enough ad. What's he's, the ad for? He's thrown another ad at me. I don't know. What is it for, TikTok? Oh, is he telling you about some... This is going to be one of his ads that goes on forever. No, it's got a little blow up at the bottom. Yeah, Mel Gibson really—he's you know—he's taking advantage of every opportunity nowadays. But you're you're getting in the way of the sponsor of the episode. <laughs> it's Mel Gibson. No, it's Kevin Spacey. <laughs> Kevin Spacey paid us to tell you that he definitely. No, Kevin Spacey has paid us to elevate another controversial figure so that he's out of the newspapers. No, I went through all this when friggin' when Jimmy Savile was haunting me, <laughs> and he wanted me to make that song, and I said no. Go ask this cunt fella. He'll he'll write a song for you. I need a favor. That's what he said. Yeah, and I was like, no, Jimmy, I ain't doing it. And he, you know, he went to Cunt in the Gang. So your boy didn't look up Cunt in the Gang, Jimmy Savile. You'll find his song. I want you to deliver the money yourself. Are you done? You finished? Yeah. I mean, <sighs> what about Fairfax? Will he give me my money? <laughs> Why is he always? Mel is really on about this money right now, Mel. Are you alright? What is this sound? Is he in town? <laughs> no, look, Mel, the money's coming. Just calm down. I'm told you're the man to see about expensive horizontal refreshment. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> someone wrote that line. Someone, someone wrote, wrote that, that line, line for I, a movie. Not just thought, someone. That's it. That's I'm a pretty sure that's Tony, that's Tony Scott, isn't it? Tony Scott didn't write the films. Do you not? Nah, he wasn't known as a writer, was he? He was known as a director and a bridging drive for you. Mel Gibson's having his own conversation. Just letting me get away with the bridge enthusiast joke <laughs> yeah. about Tony Scott. Yeah. I think, it, I think it was actually more of an architect because it was about buildings. No, you like the foundations of them, yeah. that's for sure. No. Anyway, Mel Gibson, goodbye. Great, great having you on. Thanks Round of applause. 
Uh, round of applause for Mel Gibson. Might have another interview later. We might have someone pop in to have a chat with us. Let's get Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> Got Bill Cosby. That's not even that. You bought. I've got someone fatty better. Arbuckle back I've from got the dead someone better. to defend himself. I've got someone better. Do you want just a little bit of a little bit of a hint? No, no, it's okay. Is it that the friggin' what's his face from Warhammer Forty K? The guy who no, rolls over for whatever his fucking name is. No, no, but we've got we've got someone coming on there. Anyway, so Scott uh, the Woz. No, 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 that'd be amazing. I like yeah. Scott the Woz. There's a kid in the store today who looked like Scott the Woz. Oh, really? Was it Scott the Woz? Uh, pro- possibly. Could he's have got been his Scott own channel the Woz. now. He's got his own thing now on um, Adult Swim. Yeah, he's got a real TV show. So yeah. Fuck that YouTube bollocks. Well, he's not been making many YouTube videos recently. I wouldn't. Yeah. I wouldn't. I've got Adult Swim money. What are you doing now? It's your review. Your first review. You wasted, Is it? Yeah, you wasted nine minutes. Fine, sorry. When you say wasted nine minutes, we had a we had uh, we had uh, an interview with a well-respected racist. So I feel like a well-respected waste... racist. Yeah, he's a racist, isn't he? Well-respected by other racists, I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah, we yeah. do live in Woking. We're still on that baseline. No, we're the, we're the pedo town. We... Yeah, we're the pedo town. We're yeah. the place where Pizza Express. Yeah. So pizza's so hot, you won't sweat. I didn't like think you I was did walking past this morning. If I had a marker pen, I could write um, Prince Andrew's a sweaty nonce on the bricks. Well, you didn't need to. Come on, the gang. We're outside with signs. Yeah, there were yeah. people in there. Yeah, I know. I took a picture for you. I sent it to you. Well, there was what people working. Yeah, I, I saw know, them yeah. in there. As and I there's people it. eating whilst they sang it. That's good for them. Yeah. Um, all right. My first review this week. I'm going to review two things. I'm going to review Limbo and Inside. No, you're going to review one thing. I'm going to review Limbo and Inside. One These thing. are games that are almost, almost 10 years, 15 years old together in total. Uh, and they are, they're like little walkie walkie, left to right platformers, but they're like story driven platformers. They're very, um, very artistic in their design and, uh, just, just good little experiences. They're both relatively cheap on Switch. I picked them up. I've never played Never played Limbo to the end. I played Inside. I'm pretty sure I completed Inside, but I can't remember. So I'm, I've been playing. Do you remember turning into a big mass of flesh, yes. rolling around the place? Yeah, yes. then you finished it. That was oh, the end okay. of the game. Um, but yeah, like unless you um, stopped right there, you thought, "Oh, I'll come back to this oh, I'll later." Come back to this later. Yeah. yeah. Um, they're both really interesting, like horror. I wouldn't call them survival horror. They're just like story-driven horror um, experiences. So that's sort of the best way to explain them. I think Limbo, games. Limbo has a lot more puzzles to it than Inside does. Inside's very clear as to what you need to do. Your game's about holding right and doing the thing at the right time. Yeah. And if you don't do it at the right time, you figure out when the right time is and then yeah. you just keep holding right. Limbo, and doing the thing at the right Limbo time. I found to be a much more rewarding experience. Like Limbo as a game is a lot more rewarding, a lot more enjoyable. Inside looks really good, looks really interesting. It's almost like playing like a lo-fi um, hip hop beats to um, um, yeah, almost, study almost, to. but no, like a lo-fi like music video, you know, yeah. like a like a low-tech sort of music video done on the cheap. It looks like that in like the fluidity, the fluidity of the motion, and like how purposeful everything is. And I like that. But yeah, both games. What fucking, colors have they got in in inside? Uh, black, white, they're pinkish, not colors, just shades. Pinkish, okay, pinkish, a bit pinkish yeah. red. Red, some red in there, yeah. yellow. Oh, good. They're really expanding the amount of colours they use. Yeah, you know. they've got another game out now, haven't they? Play Dead. I think they're doing one. Do one. Do one. Uh, the wall. Drop it. Um, but yeah, no. Inside Limbo. Do you remember the wrestler called? There was a wrestler called the Wall. No. 
Hulk um, Hogan brought him in. He was terrible. <laughs> but but Limbo and uh, Insight really interesting, really interesting little little games, and they only take like three hours to complete, and I really enjoyed it. Oh, both of them. I'm replaying Inside now. But yeah, like I said, I think I completed that one before because I'm recognising a lot of the bits I'm going through. But Limbo, I've never never completed, and it just such a such a nice little um, story. Really uplifting. It. Fun. Really uplifting. Yeah. Just fun. Just fun times for everyone. Yeah. Um, no, no, but like the the hints at like this world and what where you are and what's going on and stuff like that. And then the so um, don't be afraid to show kids a little bit of horror in their life. You know, like I said, take my mate, my, my, my nephew, and I, you know, when he's four years old, show him August Underground. He's fine with it. Doesn't damage him in any way. You probably haven't seen August Underground. No, what is it? Um, it's a film that's does goes to great lengths. It's like a found footage thing yeah. to look like a snuff movie of some serial killers hacking people up in their basement. Oh, nice! It's pretty grim. When I was a kid, I just watched Return of the Living Dead and The Fly oh. and Evil Dead. Oh. Uh, films I watch. Kids, they get Morbius. That's like just eight. got all those. Yeah, I know. <laughs> they get Morbin time. Yeah, it's Morbin time. Someone at Sony has definitely had to hold a meeting yeah. to see if they can make a Morbius 2 and if they can get Jared Leto to say No, it's they're definitely Morbin making time. a Morbius 2. Are they? Yeah, and I it's going to be wait. full of all this meme shit and it's going to be terrible. Sweet, I hope it's And awful. also, I think that if we can get it started so there's a meme... Let James Wan direct it. I want, I want there to be a meme where it's Tyrese both with the robotic arm in one shot and without it in another, because they do that in the film. Yeah. The exact same shot, they just CGI it out. And I'll be like... Hey, why don't you use your robot arm? And then the bottom would just like, what robot arm? <laughs> it's got human skin camouflage. No, he's got like big old metal bits and tubes going up to his neck. Yeah, but it's got the camouflage thing. But if you're slightly off angle, it's like a 3D TV. You can't see it. What? Yeah, that's how it works. They don't explain it in the film because they you know, they were worried about time. Because the film is 108 minutes long and that's it's like... It's dog shit. It's dog shit. I've got much better films to talk about today. Have you? Yeah, much better films. All right. We'll wait. Anyway, Inside and and Limbo, fantastic games. You can pick them up. They're a couple of quid on Switch. They don't cost much at all. You can get a double pack physical release. Can it was, you? Um, UK release only, I think. Oh, release. awesome. But yeah, yeah. really recommended. They're on almost everything now, so if you can't pick them up on Switch, if you want to get them on PlayStation or Xbox or PC, they're on there. They're fucking... It's a Tom Atkins. They're such good little experiences. Like I said, Limbo feels a bit more rewarding because it's a bit more of a challenge. But inside, the way that it tells a story and the way that you interact with the world, it's really oh, good. Oh, shit, I forgot to show UK Retro Zone, the video of Tom Atkins from, oh. when, I, from when I met him. Yeah. Because <laughs> I, I told him about the... I met Cunt in the gang, so... Yeah. Well, I told him the story about Tom Atkins. Tom Atkins, my hedgehog. Yeah. My best friend. And he couldn't believe it. Yeah. I can't, like, how have Americans not heard about people having pet hedgehogs and stuff? I don't know, man. Like, they have they armadillos over They there. don't really have hedgehogs. They've got porcupines. Yeah, but they got, like, armadillos and stuff. Yeah, they're crunchy on the outside, soft on the inside. Armadillos are really sweet animals. Mm. I'd like an armadillo one day. Yeah, they're the opposite of dime bars. Yeah, they are. Which are crunchy on the inside, soft on the outside. Yeah. Like a prolapse stain. What happened to dime bars? What? What happened to dime bars? They're in Poundland. Well, they, they started spelling the name wrong, and then no one wanted them. No, they're in Poundland. Are they? And your review? How many can you get for a pound? A pair of four. Four. Oh, yeah, okay. it's always four. I could put them in one. Yeah, you could put them in one sandwich. Just bite through all four in one go. You get them, you get them I two, don't need my teeth. Two bits of bread, right? Yeah. Right. Make out that you're making some sort of uh, some sort of ch- grilled cheese sandwich. Hmm. You make a grilled dime part. Yeah, before. Yeah. I could do that. And your review? Yeah. 
melt and burn me. Um, right, let's review a film I barely remember. Okay, go. So, Carmen Rider Beyond Generations. Oh, God! Look, I've got to do a Carmen Rider. You don't have to do I this. I do. This is news. Recent. I think okay. recent. Christmas. So, this is the big crossover between Carmen Rider Sabre and Revice. <laughs> Two shows I have not watched in the slightest. I saw the first episode of Sabre. And the crossover with Zenkaija hmm. um, episode. Um, I haven't watched anything else of it because it kind of looks a bit rubbish. And I haven't watched any of Revice because... Uh, uh, I'll get to it uh, one day, you know. But anyway, so I watched the movie with all these characters I don't recognise, which is the generational Reiwa-era crossover movie, which doesn't feature um, Zero One. So it's not really that generational. It's just got the last two. Yeah. Um, story goes. Give me a sec. So there's, there's. This is a story all about. Hell. Okay. So there's a there's a guy in the future. It starts off in the future, and the world's been taken over by demons. Demons are the bad guys in Vice. Okay. I gather. I assume. I'm not actually sure. Um, he bumps into some weird mad scientists underground. We're being chased. And the mad scientists like, you need to go back in time fifty years. All I can do is send your consciousness back, which everyone will be able to see as if you're just a regular person. Um, and I'm going to give you this futuristic. Carmen Rider driver belt. Okay. And what you'll need, you'll need someone who is related to you to fuse with so you can become Carmen Rider something future. Okay, yeah. I think. Because um, 50 years in the future will be the centenary of Carmen Rider because it's, it's the 50th anniversary this year, right? Yeah, yeah. Keep that in mind. So he's got to travel back in time and meet his son. You might be thinking, this is weird. How can... A- a guy from the future travel back in time to meet his son. Because he's obviously not 70-odd years old. He probably doesn't have a kid in the past or whatever. It's 50 years. It's a lot. Well, that's where a plot twist comes in. Big spoilers for Carmen Rider Beyond Generations. This man is actually from 1971. He got flung 100 years into the future. It's crazy how that happens, isn't it? It's quite in- it's madness. His son's obviously about 50 years old. A bit older. Um, in... 2021, which is when the film set. Yeah. All right. Turns out this man, there's more, um, was the lead scientist on the project that created the first Carmen Rider from Takeshi Hongo. Okay. Who's now not played by the original actor, um, Hiroshi Fukuyama? Fukushima? Fukuyama? Fukuyama. Um, not played by him, he's played by his son. Okay. Do you remember Carmen Rider? The original Carmen Rider is also Sagata San- Sanshiro. Do you remember Sagata? Yeah, Sanshiro? of course, yeah, of yeah. course. Yeah, I remember that guy. His son also is the new Sagata Sanshiro. Um, so his son plays young Carmen Rider for a little flashback sequence. That's nice. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a really cool bit where he like jumps in the air and he transforms in midair, but they do it like 1970s style, like doing like the wavy line effects and shit. And then he just lands on the ground. And I'm like, that's really nice that he jumped in the air and transformed. And there wasn't like, you know, 30 seconds of the belt shouting nonsense. And then like some shit jumping around him. He just jumped and transformed and landed and started punching people. Okay. I would really like it if Carmen Riders would do that more. Um, I would love it if a Carmen Rider belt would shut the fuck up. They make a lot of noise. They will not, will not stop. You've seen my Zio watch thing. That's just the watch. That even, I haven't even connected that to a belt. Should we go hit the Power Ranger? No, that's... No, but the, <laughs> that belt, that watch thing I've got, the Zio belt, yeah. talks, goes, Carmen Rider, double, extreme, and all this. Yeah. When you plug it in the belt, more stuff happens, but then you can plug in another thing with it. 
Funnily, it does not function as a watch, though. And it will not stop talking. And but I, stop talking. Yeah, but I like just that one moment when the original Kamen Rider henshined in a second. It was cool. Snappy. Big wavy lines, like a 1970s optical effect. Like when the belt spins. Nice. Anyway, that's like... There's like a five-minute segment in the film where there's a load of exposition dump. That's where that takes place. Big old exposition dump. Because you got to cover the exposition for how he created the first Carmen Rider because he got roped into it by the villains and how he travelled back in time and to now meet his son. Yeah. It, the, the film grinds to a halt at this point. Oh, yeah, okay. Um, of course it would. He's yeah. fucking up the time, time yeah. stream. The actual story is that the, the the demons have resurrected some ancient devil creature thing who's super powerful. It was put away centuries ago. Yeah. Um, they need the help of the Carmen... Well, the Carmen riders need to stop him, but they need the power of this future rider. rider. Oh, okay, not friendship. Yeah. Well, the, the, the guy's got problems with his son. His son feels abandoned by him, so they have to rekindle their friendship so they can defeat the big monster. So it's um, the power of friendship. Yeah. Yeah, of course it is. As I suspected. Yeah. Um, this is quite a fun adventure film. You can see where there's some like issues where um, they quite clearly tore down the set for one of the sets from Carmen Rider Sabre well, really? before they shot the film because there's a sequence where they're having a conversation in a room that's clearly a series of JPEGs that's been splapped around on a green screen. And I'm not kidding, they are JPEGs. You can see compression artifacts on it and stuff. And that's not the video doing it. It's like straight up... like. Like they just had renders of the background. It was a real set last time you saw it. They must have just tore it down before they started because they'd finished that show. Mm. Um, and there's some time travel stuff. You know, the bunch of the riders travel to the future because they have to protect what's-his-face's body so the villains in the future don't kill him while he's in the future because if you die in the future, you die for real. <gasps> uh, much like if you die in a game store. If you die in a game store, you die for real. <laughs> You die game stop. You don't just die for real. They give you twenty cents for your body. Mm. But um, you know, it's fun stuff. When when their riders go to the future, they all get like um special rider forms based on like the the sort of powered up forms of other previous riders. There's your generations element, so you mm. can get a little bit of that in there. Um, and, uh, as someone who didn't watch Carmen Rider Sabre, all the characters made zero impression on me. Um. When it comes to the guys from Revice, the main two guys, uh, the main guy doesn't say much, and he's got like a demon who floats around with him that no one else can see unless he wants them to see him. He like pops into existence. Um, I'd use that power to fuck with so many mm, people. But he he talks a lot, and he's like constantly making wise cracks about stuff, and it's kind of irritating. I don't like that guy much. Apparently, the voice actor for the demon guys are super racist, um, and he's like <laughs> got a lot of hatred from people. Um, like our guest from the beginning of the episode. Yeah, very similar. Um, you know, he's a bit irritating. He learns a lesson. Um, Mel Gibson does. No, the demon, the racist I was demon. Say, Mel Gibson never learns a lesson. Um, a couple of other characters appear. There's one called Love. There's one who's called Carmen Rider Jean. I like her. She's got a bit more personality than all the okay. others. Um, apparently, she hasn't got any proper storyline in the show. So the writers just do whatever the hell they feel like with her. And apparently, it's why everyone likes her. Because she just does, clearly doesn't have a proper place in the story, so she's just a bit of a goofball. So um, she's got a snake motif, and her demon just looks like a snake puppet, like a big cartoony, chibi snake. Oh, cool! Which is kind of cool, but it's human, so it looks like a mascot. Like imagine if, imagine if some football team that had in Japanese baseball team that had blue and orange as their colours had a giant snake mascot that looked like a chibi version of Ekans. That's her demon. That sounds exactly like most most things from Japan. Yeah, but you know. The film's fine. Um, 
I've got a feeling the Kamen Rider Future costume is fragile because he doesn't really do much moving when he's in it. There's a lot of throwing attacks from a distance and digital effects stuff going on. Um, Mount Fuji erupts. That's normal. That'll be fine. Sure, will be fine. Mm. Um, but you know, it's, it's fine. It's True, fine. Mount Fuji's erupted before. Nothing yeah. to worry about. That's fine. But we got hollowed out, and there's a secret base inside here. You know, <gasps> and Blofeld. that's where we go to in Terminator Three to stop us. Blofeld put one in there, didn't he? Put a base in there. Oh yeah. One of the Japanese ladies in that film. Which one is it? Fundable? It's not Fundable, is it? The one with the hollowed out volcano. I don't know. I can't remember. I think it's Fundable. Yeah. Um, one of the Japanese ladies in there was also in Blake Seven, and she's the mother of Mickey Berenyi, the lead singer of Lush. Yeah. Facts for you. Link to Mount Fuji. The Kamen Rider Beyond Generations is fine. This thing I didn't like it. I didn't enjoy it as much as um, that the Super Center, Superhero Senkai crossover thing I watched a while ago. That was a bit more existential and weird. Um, I quite liked seeing the reboot of the original Kamen Rider because obviously the guy who plays the original Kamen Rider is like eighty years old now, so he can't keep playing him. Yeah. Um, you know, his son's taken over the role. He's doing... For for a lad who looks like, you know, your average Japanese 20-something, you know, idol star actor with an incredibly smooth face and incredibly neat hair, um, he does a decent, deep, gruff voice. So yeah. hats off to him. Good on him. Because, you know, the the 70s Japanese superheroes, they're a lot tougher breed. They're more your Clint Eastwoods oh, of the world. What is this? You know, the, those those heroes from that era. Do you those people who have, like, broken hips now and they complain all the time about gay people having too many rights? What? I'm talking about the difference in hero. Nowadays, all the heroes in Japan, Japanese well, things are beating skinny. monkeys to death like we did on, <clears throat> on any which way but loose. You can beat the monkeys to death if you want. It's... They proved it. You can do that and win awards. Oh, God. It may not have happened, though. Why didn't I book Clint Eastwood as a guest instead of Mel Gibson? There's Mel a whole, Gibson had nothing to say. There's a whole bunch of stuff about that that may not have happened. People deny it, but then I think if they admit it, they'd probably be in a lot of trouble. Yeah. Yeah. The monkey didn't turn up again, though. He used to do all sorts of monkeys, though. He used to make them ride bikes. He used yeah. to give them cigarettes. Like, you know, make them drink Pepsi instead of Coke. I mean, freaking... <laughs> monsters. Absolute monsters. All right, so Carmen Rider, it's a recommend for man. Right. Five, five thumbs way, way up. All my thumbs. Yeah. Way up. All right, so... This... I did like the Carmen Rider Future costume, though. It's quite neat. Oh, cool. Yeah, like transparent bits and stuff on it. So uh, we've got another guest. No. We've got... Uh, I'm checking out for a bit. We've got David Spade on the line. David Spade, how are you Why doing? Why David Spade? How are you doing, David Spade? Because the Death Leopard sucks! <laughs> okay, thanks for David. How how many possible quotes can there be of David Spade? Are they all for friggin' rules of engagement? This thing's a hammy. Thanks, David. Thank you for telling us about that. How are you doing? Oh, dirt that I get you. No, I'm cool. No, you're not. <laughs> oh, he's not cool. He's hanging out with some people. <laughs> David, how you doing? What, what are you up to? Naming you that, your daddy must have really hated you. <laughs> so if you quote some of them out here. No, I'm just going to clean these cards. I'm giving up, on, giving up on David Spade. He's going away. Oh, okay. Is so, there a Captain Ron one? That'd be. Oh, let me find out. Wait, you mean Kurt Russell's Captain Ron? No, I just want Captain Ron. Does this look like a piece of crap to you? Alright, we'll get rid of that. 
<laughs> Sorry, David Spade. Oh, I'll see. I'll see if the next guest is ready to go. In just a minute. Um, all right. So my next review. Oh God, I don't like my phone screen having Mel Gibson's face on. <laughs> my next. Well, you my, saved it on there as a phone screen. You've had that on there for years. I know. I know. If I'm, I'm getting sick of it. I need a new shot of Mel Gibson in a famous movie. Um, uh, I gotta stop. I gotta stop. Famous Mel Gibson movie. Yeah, famous Mel Gibson. Movie. Name one. Braveheart. Braveheart. Your mum's favourite movie. <laughs> Probably. It is. <laughs> Racist bitch. <laughs> that movie was only popular with mums and dads in the 90s. Yeah. My, no, here's a fun story. My British friend. ones. Scottish people didn't give a shit. No, Scottish people didn't give a fuck. Um, my British parents, people thought if they watched Braveheart, then they liked Scotland. So my and parents, they were an ally to Scotland. My, my parents, when I was younger, I used to take the piss out of my dad because he liked the film Waterworld. Waterworld's great. Well, your dad's got good taste. No, he doesn't, because him and my mum went on a date night one night. Oh, they came right. back and went, we went to go see the newest Kevin Costner film. Yeah. And it was really good. No. Uh, no, it was The Postman. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so think about that next time you think my Heath Ledger in that? No, you're thinking Someone's of in it. The Patriot has Heath Ledger. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, Will Patton plays the bad guy in The Postman. What are you chewing? Well, no. Stop it. I don't have... I don't bite my nails. Um, all right, anyway. So, uh, my next review is Everything Everywhere All at Once. Don't spoil it. All right, I won't spoil it. I haven't seen it yet. Everything Everywhere All at Once is a film about a lady who is um, dealing with life happening around her and just not having the time to get everything finished as she'd like. Um, and she's she's trying to work out if she's made the wrong decision in life or if... You know, maybe she could have done better or maybe life was better um, if she had made other decisions. And uh, she finds herself being audited by the IRS for taxes because she... The wrestler. Yeah. She owns a small laundrette with her husband um, and they are they are getting ready to be audited for their taxes um, by Jamie Lee Curtis, who plays the uh, IRS agent. Oh, it wasn't actually just Jamie Lee Curtis. Not actually just Jamie Lee Curtis. No. she probably would. Take a job. Yeah, because she's a nice lady. She'd do that if someone asked her to do it as a favour. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, and uh, and she, as she is on her way to the tax office, she is uh, told by an alternative dimension version of her husband that she can randomly jump into other realities where she has made different decisions or the world has, has, has happened differently and she can take powers or take knowledge from those universes and use that in her life. Like Jet Li in The One. Like Jet Li in The One. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but she's got to do this in order to fight to fight an evil that is, uh, that is traveling throughout the world and trying to destroy each and every multiverse. Oh, I like multiverse movies. Hollywood should make more multiverse well, movies. That's the element I like about the movies. And really, the film... That's just stuff that's happening around the film. The film is really about this woman dealing with everything in her life and, and you know, struggling with with the knowledge. Has she made... Well, no, struggling with the, the thought that has she made all the right decisions. And uh, and it's lovely. It's really, really, really good, And Is it? Yeah. Like everybody's been saying, it's a really good film. It's very kinetic. It's very fun. It moves a lot. 
it doesn't really lose track of what you're meant to be focusing on, despite the fact it travels between all these different places and worlds. It's filmed by Daniels, isn't it? They did um, Swiss Army Man. Yes, they did. And I, yeah. didn't, I, I thought that was fine. Didn't mind that film at all. It's got farts in it. It does. Um, I thought Paul Dano directed that for some reason. Did they write it? No. No, Paul Dano just in it. What did Paul Dano direct? Hmm. Anyway, never mind. Um, Your mum to his bedroom. <laughs> Do you want to see the bed of a uh, potentially attractive man? Not really sure. It's a real Drew Barrymore situation. <laughs> oh. Um. But yeah, it's a really sweet film. There's a lot of really nice moments. Um, there's a particular scene, because it's Michelle Yeoh. She's very, very good at martial arts. She's very good at fighting. Um, there's a great scene in which she has... she has, She's gained martial arts superpowers. Uh, but they are suddenly gone because she accidentally whacks... She gets whacked in the side of the head where she's got these Bluetooth headsets that allow you to travel between multiverse dimensions. Yeah. And uh, and so her and this this agent from another universe that's trapped in the body of the person from that universe... Because you can hop into other bodies in the multiverse. And um, and this this person is basically like on the phone to them saying like, you know, you increase your chances of winning this fight if you can go to the universe, but to get to that universe, you need to stick something up your ass. And the guy sees a butt plug statue on the table because at one point Jimmy Lee Curtis says, I don't take shit and I don't let shit escape if you can't tell from these. And she's got like awards for like for like her IRS stuff and they all look like butt plugs. Yeah. That's quite funny. Um, and anyway, so the guy immediately... Jimmy Lee Curtis probably would. Yeah. Yeah, she butt would. Butt plugs are fun. Um, so she, like some of the guy takes his trousers down and he's literally just trying to slap his ass, like smack his ass down on this butt plug. And as he's doing that, Michelle Yeoh is quickly moving it around the table and he's slapping her hand away so that she can't move it again. And it's just like a butt plug foo little moment where they're like fighting, just trying to... And it's very, very funny. And then Very reminiscent of Jackie Chan uh, yeah, yeah. famously like, trying to shove butt plugs no, up no, his it's, ass it's very at the MTV to, Music Awards. It's very similar to that Mills on Wheels fight, though. Yeah. The one where he's on the floor and he keeps like slamming himself down and kicking the, the one where shit. he's got the plates and he's nude. Yeah, that one as well. Oh, but, um, but yeah, like it's it's a really good film. It's, as I said, like the energy is probably the thing that I appreciate the most about it. It does like it, despite the fact they only really use one or two sets. Um, it really does feel like there's a lot going on and everything's encompassed in this place, and you know it all works really well. You're saying it feels like uh, everything is everywhere all at once. That's what I was going to, Ant. But you yeah. just ruined the punchline for me, so thanks for that. I don't think you were setting up a punchline. Just sound like you. Were... I was setting up to to sort of say, just, just go for it, go for it. It'll still land. I guess everything truly is everywhere all at once. Oh, well done. Hey. Uh, well done. That was fucking ruined, wasn't it, mate? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably should have just you probably should like, have just got to that point, shouldn't I? Made it, yeah, just, yeah, just succinctly sort of travelled yeah. from one point to the other instead of leaving a half second of silence yeah. for you to film. Yeah. Um, no, it's it really is a beautiful film. And I, I, there's one scene um, where she travels to a universe where everybody's rocks, and her rock has googly eyes, and she's basically trying to get close. Oh to yeah, the one that's made Patrick Willems worry because it looks like Joel. <laughs> it does look like Joel. <laughs> but uh, she, they're both rocks, and uh, and she is at that point deciding that whatever happens in life, you're in control of what your existence means and how you, you know, how things continue. So she starts using her rock body to edge slowly towards her door to give her daughter a hug. And the daughter's response is, no, you're not supposed to move, we're rocks! 
<laughs> go away. And then the daughter's rock starts moving a little bit as well. And it's just this nice, sweet little moment, just with very simple setup. Really, really sweet, really nice. But uh, I, I really enjoyed this film. Uh, it's not, it's not quite perfect. I think that, I think that there, there's like um, James Hong. I think is his name. Is it James Hong? The guy? His middle name's Well. <laughs> well done. Yeah. Um, he he's really good in it, but like, it's it's very weird when his character gets taken over and like he's just like, I'm just gonna shoot the person. It's like, oh, that's weird. Isn't James seems- Hong like ninety now? Yeah, he's ninety-two. He got a Walk of Fame star the other day, didn't he? Yeah, he's really good. Recently. He is really good in it. It's just it's a bit it's weird. Got a short round from Indiana Jones, isn't it? Yeah, it does. Yeah, he's yeah. the husband. He yeah. plays the husband. K Huan. It's not that I can't pronounce his name. I just can't remember what it is. So he he's probably one of the most interesting people to be in this because he obviously hasn't been in Hollywood for twenty five years, twenty years. No, he's he's had the odd little thing every yeah, now and like again, but he just straight up like just quit acting because yeah. fuck it. And then when he got offered this role, he pulled he a Rick t- Moranis. He took acting classes to yeah. to improve his. He was in like. something else recently as well. Like um, like I think they filmed it. But after everything else oh, okay. came out. But yeah, no, I, I really enjoyed this film. I'm going to give it a Kate Blanchett. It's classy, it's beautiful, it's lovely. Kehoi Kwan, that's it. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, just a really good all-round experience. And um, yeah, yeah, really enjoyed it. Check it out. And your review? He was in uh, Finding Awana. <coughs> Whatever that is. Sequel to Moana. Yeah, sure, why not? And your review? Um, he was in California, man. I always forget. Uh, he was the guy with the camera in the bar. Yeah. Do you not know that? Encino Man. That's what it was called in There's America. Because it's part of California's Encino. Yeah, but even I've, I've spoken to Americans, even they don't know that. <laughs> what? <laughs> they, don't, they don't know. But but there's going to be an Encino Man too. How will they know? I've, I've spoken to Americans. We were talking about it on a forum, on a Discord, and they were like, yeah, I had no idea what an Encino was when I was a kid. We thought it was like the time period he came no, from. No, it's an inland casino. Yeah, that's it, that's it. <laughs> and your review? I'm not going to interrupt this with some shitty soundboard? No. No? Okay. No, because we do that in between the segments. ch ch chip and Rescue Rangers. It's a movie that came out. Uh, oh, you're actually reviewing that? Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, movie that came out the other week from the Lonely Island guys. I don't, I don't yeah. know much about them. I just know they had that... Um, like that song that goes two in the front and one in the back. I was like a Chinese finger trap. That's a good lyric. And then they threw it on the ground. I Something like about being the boss the and on the boat. Two is uh, that's uh, that's that's Natalie the... Portman. Yeah, is that one? <laughs> yeah. I'm a boss. Like, no, like a boss was the um, the different one. Natalie Portman one's uh, I'm Natalie Portman, bitch. You can suck my dick. That one. Anyway, they did a Chip and Dale film, and loads of people. You know, the people out there nowadays are all like. Oh, why have they done this with Chip and Dale? This isn't what the show was. My feet, just shut up. Just shut up. Just get over yourselves. Um, this film is, you know, it's a good fun time. It's enjoyable. It's got some, it's got some actual jokes in it, which you don't get in films often nowadays. Because um, 90% of humour in films nowadays is a thing happens, then a character goes, did you see that? Yeah, I saw that. Crazy. Oh, we got this. Yeah, we got this. We got this. We got. But um, this film... Basically, is set in a metaverse type situation, um, kind of like Who Framed Roger Rabbit. It feels like a sort of modern spin on Who Framed Roger Rabbit in a lot of days, set without a sort of prominent human lead actor. There is one, but it's kind. She's kind of like in and out of the film a bit more in the second half. Who's that? Uh, the lady. I can't remember her name. Oh right, yeah, cop lady. 
Um, Brie? Uh, Brie? Becky? I don't know. Bianca? Probably. It's not Bianca. Bubbles? That's a monkey. That's Michael Jackson's monkey. No, it was a girl from fucking... Uh... Powerpuff Girls. Yeah, you prick. But anyway, <laughs> so set in the world, all the animation characters around, there's a mixture of animation and CGI characters and stop motion, which would be exactly what would happen if you framed Roger Rabbit if you went forward 70 years. Yeah. Um, and it's about the actors who play Chippendale, who are also called Chippendale, that's convenient, um, who haven't spoken to each other since the show ended in the 80s. And or the was, early it 90s. It was a remake show of something from the 30s as well. What? Do you not see that bit? It was like a remake of the show from the 30s. What? Never mind. Your mum's a remake from the 90s. Oh, right. <laughs> Betty Boop is still popular today. Anyway, not so. Like my mum. One of their friends, Monterey Jack, voiced by Eric Banner, yeah. goes missing. He's yeah. got an addiction to cheese. He does. Which, I mean, who hasn't? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> cheese, true. Is, cheese is pretty great. Um, and they go on an investigation to find out what happened to him through the cartoon underworld. Um, and Seth Rogen. And loads of people have boiled this down to being, oh, the cameos, oh, there's all these cameos in it. Oh, did you see Stan Marsh? Or yeah, that dad- was a bit weird. Yeah, but who gives a shit? Yeah. So, because they own Fox, don't they? So I guess it's yeah, a guess, Disney yeah. thing. Um, and loads of people going, oh, this is all just Disney showing off all the licenses. Loads of the things in this aren't from Disney. They don't own Transformers. No, okay, there's two Transformer things in Batman's it. Batman's in it. Batman is in it, yeah. Voiced yeah. by Will Arnett. Was it Will Arnett? I think no, it was Will Arnett. I thought it was Kevin Conroy. It might have been Kevin Conroy, yeah. Will Arnett does a voice in it, though, I'm yeah, sure. Yeah, he does. Will Arnett does the voice of uh, Peter Pan. Yeah, that's it. Old Peter Pan. Yeah. Um, but that it's perfectly fun type. There's some really good gags in it. I've freaking laughed multiple times at things that happen in the film. There's an umbrella gag near the at the very end of the film, which had me chuckling for ages because it's the most cartoon thing that you don't see in cartoons nowadays. And I guarantee, if any kids watch this, they won't have a clue what that is because no cartoons do the umbrella gag anymore. It's a very Tom and Jerry, very Bugs Bunny, Daffy Duck thing. You know, when something's about to fall on you, put the umbrella up yeah. to protect yourself like it's rain, because it won't protect you, because yeah. the thing's heavy. Um, I did the funniest... There's stuff like the Seth Rogen. He's playing this uncanny valley That made dwarf, me laugh. There was one, and there's a bit where he gets accosted by various animated characters he's voiced voice. in. One of the things that I didn't... I couldn't, like... <laughs> so, the thing... That, that made me laugh. It's stupid laugh. Um, but no, but the thing that I could... Like, someone brought up... I was watching a review of this, and someone don't watch up, reviews of stuff. Don't no, listen to I know, reviews I know, ever. I know. No, never listen there is, to there reviews. There is one interesting thing that they brought up, and it's like this is a Disney property, and like you know how they say like, "Oh, what's up with your weird eyes?" Um, as they're all looking down at him, and I was like thinking, "Oh, it's it's a joke because the Pumba looks weird, and that's what they're making a joke about." But I thought, would Disney really sign off on that? Because they're like super protective of the Lion King and that property. And is it just them taking the piss out of Polar Express because it's been long enough that they don't... Well, the Dead Eye things. Oh, they're just yeah. taking the piss out of early 2000s movies. I thought they were taking the piss out of all those characters because they're all just, like, dog shit CGI that's got weird eyes. Well, early 2000s CGI. No, but, like, the Lion King one as Lion well. King's recent. Yeah, I know, but... The I CGI in Lion King is exceptionally good. No, 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 but, like... Not to annoy... Not to upset these internet reviewers out there, right... But the CGI, as much as the Lion King film is bad, the CGI isn't the bad point of that film. I think the that, animation of it is pretty bad. Yeah, but I think the characterization because yeah, that's what I mean. Like the characters like, have no emotion. Yeah, that's what I mean, though. Or like, minimal emotion. Were they taking the piss out of the fact that like the characters look somehow weird. they managed to give animated characters that people are able to manipulate as freely as they want, no direction. Yeah, 
It was like watching but Power Rangers. I actors. kind of, I kind of hope, <laughs> I kind of hope that the Lonely Island guys did actually take the piss out of the Lion King, and it wasn't like well, Pumbaa's the, in the film. Yeah, I think that I, I, I think he got I'm, the CGI operation. Yeah, surgery. I, I think I'm choosing to believe that they weren't taking the piss out. Of the no, Lion they're King specifically thing. taking the piss out of stuff like Polar Express. Oh. That's what they're specific, and you know Neo in the Matrix, shit yeah. like that, the Uncanny Valley era of CGI, which we're still in, to be honest, but. Like that whole friggin' where they go for the warehouse, it's like it's like, hey, did you uh, did you ever wonder what's going on over there? It's like, hey, I never saw that before. And it's like, I come through here every day, and it's like, yeah. And he's like looking up into the sky when he says that, mm. yeah. No, it's... I liked it. It made me laugh. I just that bit annoyed me. Just yeah. something they were being overly protective of Disney shit. I didn't think about it when I was watching it because it was just like passing over me. Because it's like there's a lot going on. When you look back at these things, especially if you look back at them and you listen to... Because I've, I've heard people be really positive on this, and I've heard people be very negative. There's and, people who decide they're going to hate it before it comes out. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't actually either of those boats. I didn't even watch the trailer for this when that was announced. I saw the trailer. Yeah. I sort of just... This was one of those things where I was and then I saw that Blaster was in it, so I was like, well, I'm going to watch this. If Blaster's mm. in it, that means it's canon to Transformers Generation 1. <laughs> But yeah, I mostly just watched this just because I had a free hour and a half. I was like, I'll chuck it on. And uh, I enjoyed it. It's mm. fine. Uh, John Mulaney nowadays is a controversial figure. Is he in this? I don't know which one He's he is. one of the voices of Chip and Dale. Is he? I don't one's know. One's Andy Samberg and one's no. John Mulaney. I don't know. The Neil Mulaney. does the voice of Chip and Dale to me. All oh, right, yeah, not in this, mate. She does. She's actually in this. Oh, yeah, she does their fake voices. Their high-pitched voices. Yeah. yeah, their real voices. But no, um, J.K. Simmons is fun in it as well. J.K. Like, Simmons is fucking incredible. Yeah. That in fight, where it's a person versus a claymation animated thing. Yeah, did you notice the... Um, yeah, well, did you notice the room they're in is basically a recreation of the shed from Evil Dead 2? No. <laughs> it's like practically the Evil Dead 2 That's shed. amazing. It's got loads of stuff that's just like in the same place. I was waiting for it to pull the chainsaw out, but it is, it's the Evil Dead 2 fight against that's his really hand. Cool. That's what it effectively is. I also, I liked the, um, I liked the ending, like just someone becoming a big monster. That was cool. But yeah. It's good. Chipperdale. Rescue Rangers. Rangers. I don't think one of the one of the things set up an execution of gags. One of the one of the things that did annoy me is they did the thing at the end where they're like, Don't you hate it when you just want to hear the original theme tune and they do an overly serious one? And I was like, Oh, they won't do that because they're the Lonely Island. It's like, oh, they just did that and referenced the fact they're gonna do that. Yeah. They did a rap though. They, they they got the rap out of. I like the rap. Yeah. We don't eat whales. Yeah. <laughs> don't kill that whale. We don't eat no whales. I like the fact that um, it's because they stand for something. Yeah. I just like the fact that like it's like it's like I've got to bring this back. I have to be the one, and he just continues the fucking whale rap. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Pretty pretty good. Pretty good. There's like good punch. I was quite impressed because everyone knows that Ugly Sonic's in this now. Ugly Sonic was my favourite thing about it. Yeah, but the way it's like you expect it to be just, oh, it's a cameo. He's not. He's actually instrumental to the finale. Full on character. Ugly Sonic does not go fast. Some nonsense he says in this gets (laughs) called back later and they rely on him and then he turns off at the end. Do you know who it is? It's the guy from um, I Think You Should Leave Now. The guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Tom Robinson. Tim Robinson. Tim Robinson. They should have got friggin'. No, Ben Schwartz. Surely. No, it's funnier if it's too... Sonic does not go. F- Ugly Sonic doesn't go fast. That's regular Sonic. I think they when the it's... next the next Sonic movie, it should <laughs> be Sonic Generations. To... It's when they're talking to him in the 
Trevor just pans down his mouth. <laughs> it goes silent. It's just boom, 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 boom. It's just his mouth moving those little teeth. I don't even mention his weird hands. I know. Hey, I still so- think that ugly, that Sonic should have had like a dong hanging out the whole time. <laughs> just like this permanent. It's, it's the fact that I'm doing a new show with the FBI. Why are you doing a show with the FBI? Because <laughs> I'm ugly Sonic. What was it? What was it called? Something like, like fast law, ugly crimes, or something like that. <laughs> oh, great times! Yeah, it was a perfectly fine way to watch an afternoon. Young kids are probably going to be a bit lost because it's very. It's also it gets quite dark. Yeah, but Look so it. this is as I said. That's how it feels like it's in the same world as Who Framed Roger Rabbit because Who Framed yeah. Roger Rabbit's all friggin' you know, murder and stuff. This one's human oh, trafficking. The other thing that, the other thing was a bit fucked up. I don't know if they did this on, like, the the fact they chose Peter Pan and they made him, like, the way he is and, like, say, like, oh, he got abandoned after this and all the other shit. Like, hmm. um, don't read up the history of the guy who played Peter Pan. It's real sad. And it could be them taking a dig at someone. Well, Disney could fix that by hiring someone else to play Peter Pan in the original film, just dubbing it over. That'd probably make the whole situation worse. You should really yeah, find yeah. out about that, guys. It's real dark. <laughs> it's real dark and sad. They could get um, but it, Jaden Smith to play him. It seems like a bad choice to choose Peter Pan after that being history about Disney. But, you know, Disney get a Disney. <laughs> yeah. When are we going to get a Gummy Bears movie? I don't know. I saw Gummy Bears in the cinema once. Gummy bears. When I went to see um, Pinocchio when I was a kid, and they played an episode of Gummy Bears before it. The old flicker show. You pay five pence, you get into the old the old flicker show, the moving pictures. Back in the day, we'd wear an onion on our belts, which was the style at the time. <laughs> You'd get two tickets for sixpence. Tom Cruise. Not to be confused with six pence. They're two different things. <laughs> Brad Pitt was at the back of the cinema, and as the sun came up, he began screaming and ran outside, saying, it's daytime, it's daytime. No, it was just the first time he'd seen the sun in almost three decades. Interview of a vampire. Speaking of interview of a vampire, we've got our next guest. What have you done now? We've got Joe Pesci. Is he an interview of a vampire? Hiya, pal. Hey, Joe Pesci. He's not an interview of a vampire. (laughs) How you doing? How you doing, I gotta meet Cleanface right away. What about the shape, <laughs> I don't know, Joe Pesci. I do not know. <laughs> What's going on here? <laughs> We're doing a podcast, Joe. What are you up to? Having a reunion or something? Well, I mean, like, if that's what you did, if that's what you did. So, uh, you want to say hi well, to he everyone? He was asking us a question. You want to say hi to everyone? How are your kids doing, huh? <laughs> that's <laughs> from doing, Home Alone. We're doing good, Joe. You want to ask him a question? We ask him a question? No. Go and ask him a question. No. No? No, go on, press special. That's from Home Alone as well. <laughs> Alright, All right. wait, 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 wait. Where the fuck you get off talking to people about me behind my back going over my head? That's from my cousin Vinny, I believe. <laughs> I don't know that. Answer his question. Answer his question. Um, just no. Excellent. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> oh, there's another. Yeah. Oh, good, you got an answer. Do precious- Oh, Joe, why have you got ads? <laughs> That's the only reason. Without me, you, personally, every fucking wise guy still around, I'll take a piece of your fucking Jew ass. 
Then where are you gonna go? <laughs> I don't know how to respond to it. I mean, <laughs> you Jew motherfucker, you. Can you, 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 can you not put anti-Semitism? <laughs> it's too pushy having to go us. <laughs> you dumb motherfucker! Are you Joe, sure? Because this is this is gonna have slurs in it. What do you mean? It's gonna have slurs in it. You can't. Yeah, you got to respect your pesci. It's going on show. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh God. Okay. All right. Well, do you want to ask him a question? No. No. Just do, do your review. Do my review of what? Of anything. Whatever. The... I'll split your fucking head open again. Cause I'm fucking stupid. I don't give a fuck about jail. That's my business. That's what I do. <laughs> Joe, Joe, you want to calm down a little bit? I'll be there in the morning. You can fucking try me, fatso. You fucking try me. <laughs> He's really worked up today. And what did you say to him? <sighs> he done. I think you should be down on your fucking knees. <laughs> oh, Joe. We're going to cut off there. You know what? When I was getting these interviews lined up, I didn't think Joe Pesci would be the one to say something controversial. I thought it'd be Mel Gibson to start mentioning the Jewish people, but... I mean, you're the one who pressed the button. He went all out on this, didn't he? It's all on you. Oh, yeah. One second. One second. Let's have a look and see what button I pressed to get that that Joe Pesci line. Oh, yeah. It was money. (laughs) And he went off about Jewish people. How was I meant to make that fucking connection? Anyway. And my next review is going to be... Oh, shit. What was I going to review? Oh, did it moon? You didn't know. You were too busy distracted by the Joe Pesci, and now you've put like seven seconds of silence. Oh, yeah. No, sorry. All right. Yeah. Um, we did Moonlight last time. Yeah, we did do Moonlight yeah. last time. Yeah. Did you not plan? Did you not think about what you want to do? Oh, no. Is it Rogue Legacy 2? Oh, yeah. We yeah. did Rogue Legacy 2 last time, didn't you? No. I don't know. Did you? Wait, pause the recording. No, I'm not going to pause anything. This is all on you. Oh, no, Anne. Anne, what are we going to do? Oh, God. Guys, I'm just checking last week's episode to make sure. You're doing real good. You, you ad lib for a little bit. Oh, there we go. Rogue Legacy 2. So yeah. I played Rogue Legacy 2. It's a really good game. If you played Rogue Legacy 1, you can now uh, play Rogue Legacy 2. If you haven't played Rogue Legacy 1, what are you doing with yourself? What are you playing instead? Uh, Rogue Legacy playing 2. Playing yourself. Playing with yourself. My ding a ling. My ding a ling. I don't know where I'm going with this. Joe Pesci's really throwing this whole thing for a loop. Well, um, should not have invited him onto the show. No, probably not. He's embarrassed himself, hasn't he? <laughs> he's he really he was drunk. He's he was really, really angry. There's a very big Oliver Reed situation. I going don't on understand no, how he went from just being perfectly happy to have a chat about Christmas to suddenly calling us Jews and threatening to kill us both. Ah, oh, I'm quite taken aback by all that. Well, anyway, um, Rogue Legacy Two. Yeah, it's uh, much like the first one, but better. It's a better version of that first game. It's more difficult. Um, you get a lot more unlocks. There's a lot more stuff to do. Uh, there's some new, new uh, weaknesses that you can get you can get born with that cause all kinds of shenanigans in the in the game. But yeah, all in all, really, really. Is fun. that all you? That's all you got for the review? 
I can't. Would you explain the premise of what? what oh yeah. Do you no, know that's what a premise? Is? Actually, no. Don't explain the premise because you don't know what a premise is. No, 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 no. So you are the chosen one. You are going to fight some monsters and kill some demons. Um, luckily for you, you die before you get to that point most of the time, and then your ancestors have to carry the torch and try and kill the demons. Carry your torch, I mean, what? If you kill one of the demons, they stay dead. No. So your family member doesn't have to deal with them, but every family member can potentially have positive or negative traits. Um, it's not really, it's not, it's not really a roguelike because there's progression. It's not like uh, other roguelikes because you progress. There's a roguelike. That is. Well, no. The only thing that changes is the actual layout of the castle, but you can save traits that you generate and like you improve things over time, and that you keep those every run. So um, it is more like traditional progression, but around a rogue-style castle that randomly generates for each run. But for the most part, you're actually unlocking permanent upgrades to your character. So it's less rogue-like. It's more like rogue-very-light. It's called rogue-lights rogue are the ones where you have some sort of progression. Yeah. Some character-based progression. Yeah. Rogue-likes rogue yeah. are games that are like rogue. Top-down. Not necessarily. And how are they like rogue? A rogue, rogue? Rogue is a game that's always restarted. There's no, oh, okay. there's no permanence. But in a rogue light, there is permanence. There's a method to make the game easier every time you play it. Whereas rogue, rogue is a game that's always the same. You know, it's always a fresh restart every time. See, see. And uh, that's Ant's review of uh, Rogue. <laughs> it's a really good game. It's a really good game. It's uh, pretty cheap. I think it was like ten pound. It's about seventeen pound. £17? I, I don't really understand the concept of money. Um, and I really enjoyed playing the Xbox Series S. Oh, Good old time. I mean, I played it since last year, but... You're playing... Actually, playing the end of 2020. You're playing the beta. Yeah, I got to play it so early. Look, right, just because you're a beta bitch, take that. I'll turn my little man into a head. I'll give you head in a minute. Can you not? <laughs> and... Uh, oh, I'm going to give this... Is that the best you got? That's all you got to review Rogue Legacy. I really enjoyed it, Rogue Legacy 2. Yeah. Really enjoyed it. What do you want me to say about it? What are the classes? Uh, okay, so, so far I've unlocked uh, Warrior, Magician, Hunter, or Rogue. Um, I've got the Black... Not the Blacksmith. What's the... Uh, the Chef? Yeah. I've got the... Um, who's the one with the beard... Not the, the wizard? No, not the wizard. There's a mage. Not a wizard. Is well, it a wizard? It's a wizard. Yeah. I mean, same thing, isn't it? Who gives wizard a mage, the same yeah. thing. Um, and then there's one to the top left, and I can't remember what it is, but it's a weird one. Um, it's like a warrior class, but it's like a step up. There's, there's like a class. berserker, there's paladins, assassins. Keep going. There's loads of them. There's knights something. Maybe, I don't know. Yeah, I don't there's know. a dragon sword. Oh, there you go. That's it. Dragon something. Dragon lancer. Yeah, there you go. I'm not that guy. Yeah. They're quite good. Yeah. There's there's loads of really cool stuff in there. And the fun thing is that um, if you get a good character, if you like generate a good character, normally you can keep an eye out for those traits and nine times out of ten you're going to experience a similar build, uh, which is nice because you're not forever like chasing after something that, that you're never going to get again. I think that if you progress fairly well one particular person or one particular type of character it does sort of push those types of characters it might have different detrimental effects but the positive effects will sort of repeat again and um, which is good 
it's a nice system because the first Rogue Legacy was good, but the problem was that a lot of the a lot of the stuff was um, a lot of the stuff like uh, like the progression itself. Often you wouldn't know really what was going on. Like even, because you're easily confused. Well, no, even like positive and negative traits, they would have like I finished Rogue Legacy. I was quite good at it. Yeah, they would have massive differences that that wouldn't necessarily be told to you as you select the character. But once you've had them once, it'll tell you next time it comes up. No, but sometimes two traits mixed together, yeah. so a positive and a negative, will create like a null effect. Like you know, like there was short sightedness and color blindness, or there was like. Um, one of those two, if you got the other one where you um, had like a weird thing where you couldn't see light or something like that, mm. it would just cause you to like have like a fucked game, basically. You could never win. That's what rogue likes alike. Um, you got to roll the what's dice. The, what's the peacekeeper one or whatever it is? The hippie. There's a pacifist trait. Pacifist. That's, yeah. I started getting that recently. That's really funny. Yeah. Because you get like 25 they times. took Vertigo out of the game. Yeah, they did, yeah. Yeah, I don't know why. They also took... Was Vertigo the one that flipped the screen? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, they also took short-sightedness and changed that. I always like the short-sightedness when you have a little... Just a small area around you. I like, like the... Like um, really small vision. I like the colour trails one as well. That's cool. Yeah. I like the um, the weird, like, um, you can't remember you faces. Where it's like everyone's just like, blacked out, like they're yeah. um, on cops. That's cool. Yeah, I like the one that makes you fart when you're running around. Yeah, yeah. and you can... You poisons people. It's where you do the double jump, isn't it? You do a People fun. at work discovered I can burp on cue today. Really? Yeah. yeah. One guy just thought it was amazing that a friend he knew could burp on cue. And I just proved that it's very easy to do. And apparently his friend had to take a big sucking of air, whereas I don't. For anyone who doesn't know, Ant works at a nursery. Yeah. Yeah, I was just impressing the kids. <laughs> um, See? On cue. Whenever, whenever I want to. I can burp. I oh, shit myself on cue. Yeah, don't do that. <laughs> Aww. Uh, but yeah, like, uh, all in all, Rogue Legacy. Really decent game. Um, it's it's such an odd one to recommend because it is better than the first one. If you enjoyed the first one, you're definitely going to like this. If you haven't played the first one, I think skip it entirely. Just jump on this one. Although you can pick the first one up for relatively cheap now, so it might be like a bit tempting to give that one a go first. And if you like that, you'll definitely like this. Or just skip it altogether if you don't want to bother and give this one a go, because it is such a fucking strong game. Really good. Really interesting. Uh, I'm going to give it a... Uh... Yeah. Oh, well done. That's really good. That's a good ten <laughs> seconds. Of silence. Yeah, I'm gonna give it an Angelina Jolie. Yeah, is that is you you you, you want me to leave the ten seconds of silence yeah. there? Yeah. Yeah, to build suspense. Yeah, it's good. I can use it for room noise. Suspense. So you know, yeah, suspense. Build suspense. And your review. I'm busy buying noise. Alright. Right. Star Trek Picard season two. We oh, let me this. see if I've got my next interview ready. Star Trek Picard season two. Oh, you watched it? Yeah, I did ages ago. We didn't review it last time though because I forgot. Yeah, I did other stuff, but okay. Picard season two is pretty, pretty, pretty bad. Pretty bad. It started off promising enough because the start of the series, the first episode, most people agree, pretty decent first episode. You know, set up for the thing. There's like a Borg queen. There's like a big ship comes through. It's like we need to talk to Picard, and then Picard goes out into space, and it's a Borg queen, but the Borg queen doesn't show her face. So then you, that's your first warning sign. Yeah. Um. 
Because yeah, oh, why wouldn't they? Sh- why wouldn't the Borg Queen show her face? Because it's a plot twist. Um, plot twist you see coming miles off. Isn't it Alison Pill? Yeah, yeah. But if she showed her face then, because Alison, her character Girati's on the ship at the time. Oh right, that would freak her out a bit, wouldn't it? The Is time it Girati from the future? No, don't worry. It's right. So it disappears, and then the series starts off. The first episode feels like a reboot. Because, yeah. like, you know, people are in Starfleet and they're being a bit hopeful. No one mentions that Picard's an android. Oh, he's still an android. He is, though. Yeah. But there's all sorts of stuff going on. And it feels like, oh, they've got a Starfleet thing going on. They're going to have a story. Everything's a bit brighter. There's, like, you know, things. But there's every now and again little tiny warning sides. And then the rest of the series, the second episode, it's all set in a fascist world. And you're like, oh, this is cool. Maybe every episode we set in a different reality. Yeah. That'd be a neat concept for a show, for a Star Trek show, wouldn't it? Where they're trying to fix time or some shit and quantum track, and you know they keep changing it until they have to get it right. Yeah, eventually, and then eventually, maybe they should just be like, "Oh, that'll do." Like, Give up, but um, it'd be like the episode of Sliders when they get home uh, and it, the gate doesn't squeak, mm-hmm. so he figures, "Oh, this isn't my home." Oh, and his dad comes out and he goes, "Honey, I just watered the gate." Watered the gate. Yeah, that's what you do to gates. You water <laughs> it. Yeah, because that that'll help improve the rust situation. I just want to hold you. Anyway. So they travel back to the past and they make a lot of points about, all right, you've got to be careful because even though we're here to change the future back to what it was, we mustn't mess anything up. Butterflies. They mentioned butterflies. Poisonous. Um, butterfly effect type thing. Oh, right. Oh, sorry. You know, I thought the they were warning them in the butterflies film. Poisonous. Um, so no one must rent butterfly effect from the cinema. Even though it's a pretty decent film. Yeah, it's not. At the end, a fetus chokes itself to death. In one version. So anyway, like, what? It's not in all versions. That wasn't the original version. Ah. Yeah. Anyway, I'm gonna to have to watch each one. So they do. They say, right, be careful. Don't bring a phaser. One of them brings a phaser straight away. Um, don't interfere with people. They interfere with loads of people. They break people out of the like ice. Turns up, you know, ice. You, you have you heard of ice? That thing in America that kidnaps in um, immigrants and locks them in cages and then tries to shove them over the border. Yes. Um, they make a big stand about ice is bad, but now the ice are police. It's set in 2024. <gasps> set a little so bit wait, in the future. So wait, 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 wait. Police. If you take ice, ice and then you add P-O-L, yeah. it makes ice pole. Yeah. And that's mm, it. Yeah. And if you look at that backwards in a mirror, it's lop ice. You get um Candyman. <gasps> Tony Todd! Mm. Can we get a mirror and He set? was in Star Trek. Played two characters. Did yeah, he? Yeah. At least two. Pink plays a few more. Anyway, so... Tony Todd plays in my heart. Um, they just mess up all sorts. It's just, it's nonsense. It's a bad film. Um, bad, bad game, sorry, film. Yeah, there's a whole thing where some pill. She's they, they they took a Borg Queen with them. Why? Because the Borg Queen could calculate the way to slingshot themselves around the sun so they could travel back in time. That's what Kirk did once. Because this whole show is constantly just remembering things that happened. They bring up fucking Gary Seven. They bring up Gary Seven in an episode. Wait. Gary Seven was a character in a really weird episode of Star Trek. Wasn't that like? Wasn't that meant to be fucking what's his name, the rapist? No, Bill Cosby. No. So there's an episode of the original series where Kirk and the Enterprise crew have travelled back in time to the 1960s in order to observe Earth in the 1960s historical investigation. Remember, we're supposed to be protecting the timeline. They just travel. The episode just starts in traveling back time. And they come across a guy called Gary Seven, who's like, like a Robert Lanson. He's a superhuman person who watches over 
important people in history. And the idea was this was meant to be a backdoor pilot to launch a TV series, and it didn't do very well because it's season three of Star Trek. No one gave a shit. Um, they mentioned him in Picard, and it's inconsequential. Um, there's a woman who just looks like... There's a thing going on where they keep encountering characters who look like people from back in the future, but in 2024, and nothing is done with that. It's not a thing where it's like revealed that it's all a fake illusion world and Q's just populated it with people they know. It's just, yeah, in 2024, a bunch of people look like people from 400 is years in the future. Is it a fake illusionary world, though? No. No, no. He's, Q changed history to make Picard learn a lesson. But the thing is, is that usually Q would just create an alternate reality to do this sort of yeah, thing. Yeah, took him away there. Um, the show forgets about Q for 90% of it. Well, um, who doesn't? It's more about the Borg and Girati stuff. They could have just done a show where you could have done a show where Picard gets kidnapped by the Borg Queen and travels back in time, and she's trying to change the future. That would have been enough. Like that would have been a fine premise. But instead, they wanted to make a big deal out of Q's going to be in it, and then Q does fuck all. Did they take it so Patrick Stewart's his character from Extras? No. He's like. Anyway, Picard's still an android. He gets hit by a car. Brent Spiner runs him over with a car. Oh, the Brent Spiner. Yeah, yeah. Not a character played by Brent Spiner. No, he's playing yet another sing new new car. You know. Oh, I don't know who you're talking about. My name is my name is Dana. Because everyone in his family must be so inbred. They all look like Brent Spiner. Everyone in the entire family. Skinny Brent Spiner. No, he's fat. He's fat now. He's old. He's like (laughs) seventy years old. But he hits Picard with a car as he's always wanted to do. Um, his daughter looks like the android girl from the last series. Picard? No, Brent Spiner's daughter. Oh. He's got a daughter. She's genetically engineered. He's into genetics before the android stuff. Um, he didn't make himself an android, though, did he? He made, made a bunch of... An- he made, he made one, one of the future generations makes an android. It's the wrong line of crazy scientists making Data's things. Data's an android? Data's an android, yeah. So, wait... Oh no, cyborgs are when we got people parts. Yeah, don't be silly. Right, so there's nonsense with that. There's a whole thing. She can't go outside. She, if she's outside to, like in sunlight, she gets starts dying. <gasps> she needs a cure. She's Q, a Morbius. Q gives her a cure. That's like the one thing he does. She's a Morbius. No. Um, it's morbid time. It's just absolute nonsense. But yeah, Picard gets hit by a car and they take him to... They're like... Right, we can't take him to a hospital because he's an android person so and that would be bad. So you take him to the secret clinic, the sort of like the clinic for poor people instead, who like Christabel, the guy who smokes a cigar all the time, even though no one in the future would smoke a cigar in the future Federation. Like they, that stuff's been outlawed. Um, he, he's making friends with some woman in the past. Um, the thing is though, right? When they create, when they go to the fascist world, Seven of Nine's not a Borg anymore because they're in an alternate reality yeah. where she never got kidnapped by the Borg. And assimilated. So why is Picard still an android? Because in the fascist world, they're all like humans first. If one of them became an android, replaced his body with an android body, he would have been like destroyed, killed. Does Seven of Nine travel in through time with them? No, they travel to an alternate reality and then they travel back in time. Q saves them from whatever shit's going on, which turned out didn't need saving. Could have just not blown up stuff. It sounds so shit. It's terrible. It's convoluted nonsense. 
Like, why couldn't they just do a fun fucking space show? All you needed to do for Picard, all you needed to do for a Picard series was this. Picard's about to retire. It's the last couple of months on the Enterprise-E. And they have a series of episodes where he learns a little lesson about the people around him and, you know, what his career meant to him. That's all you needed for a Picard series. Eight episodes, each one based on a different member of the Next Generation crew. You know, have him interacting with Geordie for an episode, interacting with Riker for an episode. Maybe not bring back Will. Maybe. Will Wheaton's on a video screen in this, he's, isn't he? he? No, he, Will Wheaton does the whole um, post-show talk thing, but he's in the last episode, and it's very clear he hasn't acted in a long time. He's pretty bad. Yeah, he's bad in everything. He's all like, he's doing the exact same voice he does when he presents the show. So he's doing the whole, how would you like to come on an adventure with us? And it's like, Will, can you not? Can you? They're setting up a Doctor Who spin-off thing, aren't they? It's like... I don't fucking know nor care at this point. It'll be a Doctor Who thing where they travel through time and space. Is Lower Decks cancelled for this shit? No, Lower Decks is still going on. First series is coming this year. And the Orville starts on Disney Plus in a couple of weeks. There you go. Orville's great. Who makes that? And that's Seth MacFarlane's thing, oh, isn't it? Oh, no. But it was made by Fox, but then now it's... Oh, no. Disney own it. Double own it. And they've, like, chucked a load of money in it, and it looks good. Okay. But, um... Is that the one with Doug Jones? No. That's Star Trek Discovery. Oh, yeah. It's got, um, Norm MacDonald, though. He did record he dialogue. The, yeah. The fluid thing. He did all his voices for this series, so he's right. in this series. He played Death on The Family Guy. Good for him. Yeah. Norm MacDonald. Didn't know he was sick. So... Did he not? <laughs> That's his long-running gag, that was his gag yeah. about Hitler, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. When someone says Hitler's... Who gets told Hitler, no, you realise Hitler died. He said, oh, I didn't know he was sick. Which <laughs> 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 great. I remember, I remember watching, just before he died, I was watching a few of his live things because there was like a thing he did where he had his friend come on the Norm MacDonald show, like his radio phone show, and he goes, what was that thing you were telling me about the other day? You, you were saying like... So much to do with the bell curve and like how you think that like like certain people are lesser than other people and it was always with like a guest they would be like they'd be looking at him and goes oh yeah why don't you tell us about that and he's like no no I wasn't saying anything like that no 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 you do this every time we get a, de- a guest hey I wasn't the one making you say it. you just came out with all this crazy shit that you were. and I just said to you I said well, you can't you can't tell people stuff like this and, and He's just watching this compilation, and the guy just gets more and more uncomfortable. And then it makes everyone uncomfortable when he tries to lead into it. <laughs> Norm McDonald just goes, "Well, I guess that's the end of his career." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Norm McDonald, funny guy. All right, um, Picard season two was terrible. So for season three, they're bringing all the original cast back. The thing is, they filmed season two and three back to back, so I think they knew while they were filming season two, that they had, like, a car crash on their hands. They just can't make a good show. Yeah. And like I said, all you needed, eight episodes. Picard on the last. Happening? Yeah, Discovery's still Discovery's got better and better. The last series was genuinely good. That Strange New World show is meant to be good, isn't it? Yeah, I've heard. I've seen some bits. I quite like it. Although everyone's got some tragic backstory. Well, Pike has a you know. tragic front story, doesn't yeah, he? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's okay. Look, getting up in a wheelchair isn't necessarily... Well, it's a bad thing but for him. But, you know, he's still alive. I don't really understand how... He's got his little light bulbs and... I don't really understand how you can know that's going to happen and not avoid it. Yeah, but you can't avoid it. He can. He can try, but he's not going to. 
But yeah, then make the show about him trying to avoid it. Yeah, but you can't because that'd create another timeline and that'd... Um, What's that fucking matter to a timeline that's just going to continue if that happens? Yeah, but then Next Generation wouldn't happen. Well, it will happen. It just happens in its own timeline. We wouldn't get the friggin' menagerie. We've already got the fucking Kelvin universe. Who gives a shit? No, I mean, Kelvin universe is barely a thing, is it? It's three films. Well, look at Picard. One of them's terrible. Look at Picard. It's barely anything. Yeah. It's mostly terrible. Yeah. Seven of Nine is now not an android. No, she is is. again. She is again. Oh, she got bored. She got injured. Yeah. She got... Stabbed in the gut. And then the Borg went, the Borg we're going to be good Borgs. And then Girati, who's now been taken over by the Borg, but she's still a little bit in her head, yeah. is like, why don't you do something else? How about instead of like taking people and killing them and like turning them into Borg and forcing them, why don't we ask them if they want to be part of the ex- Borg? Because wouldn't it be better... Can I ask a question? Wouldn't I've... it be better if the Borg wanted to be better people? The only part of this shit that I've seen with this fucking Borg Queen stuff is an image where it's her... Looking at herself as the Borg Queen. There's a, she summons a hologram, Girati does, but when she's a figment of the Borg Queen's imagination. Yeah. And then talks to someone, talks to the hologram, even though she's a figment of the Borg so Queen's imagination at that Girati point. Is Girati not the Borg Queen that we know? She's just a Borg Queen. Like, no, you know- now she, she's become a new Borg. The Borg assimilated her slowly. It took time. Is that how you become a Borg Queen? I guess. Is the she Borg just Queen a took spy? Over. It's like two personalities one. taken over. No, she, no, no, she's got a whole body now. But um, anyway, she decides. Oh, what we're going to do is we're going to create a Borg collective where they're like going to visit other races and say, "Hey, we got this hive mind thing. We can share all this information with each other. If you want, you can be part of our." Is she still like zombified and stuff? I guess the Borg... We don't know. There's, there's, she's just on... Did Borgs, whatever. The Borgs but, live forever. But that's what happens. They make good Borgs. And it turns out the Borg they met at the start was the good Borg. She'd spent 400 years waiting to stop some big anomaly in space, which is what she wanted all the ships for. Yeah. Um. So she's a she's a good Borg now. But oh, anyway... So made the Borg good. After stabbing Seven of Nine, yeah. she gives her some Borg stuff to fix her, to save her. Because she's like, no, don't let Seven of Nine die. Save her so she can live. And then all the Borg bits happen, so she effectively reassimilates Seven of Nine, and all her Borg bits appear in the exact same place they were before. Even though in the original series, those Borg bits were only there because they couldn't remove them. They were, like, you know, attached to life-threatening parts of her body, like spinal bits and a bit to her cerebrum and all this sort of stuff. But when she got hurt in the stomach, she got all those Borg bits back, including the finger bits. Because um, she had a little cut, a little L-shaped cut on the side oh, of her face. Yeah, yeah. And that's where the Borg bit goes around. Good. So, um, yeah, Seven of Nine gets all her Borg bits back exactly how they were before. Not even a visual reboot. Doesn't even have a slightly different look to it. It's exactly the same. So it sounds like shit, huh? Yeah, it's pretty terrible. The last episode had a couple of bits where I'm like, this is more what I wanted. Like, there's a bit with um, Picard and Q sitting down having a chat, and it turns out Q's dying. You don't know what from. You never find out what from, or what's happening to old him. Old age. Well, he's he's meant to be an immortal... No, he makes himself old because Picard's old, because yeah. it's a stupid fucking show. But he's already ill at that point. But um, they have a little chat. That's all right. He sends them back to the right future. They fix the timeline, apparently. Revives Elnor, the, Vol- the Romulan kid. Oh, yeah, great. Who's not going to be in the next series. Isn't that the guy who's played by... Um, he's the English actor. I don't know, some some twat. But anyway, um, 
Yeah, that, that, the little moments of that, and when they save the day without shooting lasers, they ref- there's a big old space anomaly thing, and yeah. they use their shields to defeat it. But that's a good thing, because they use a defensive method to solve a problem. And that's a Star Trekky thing. So there's little like moments in, here and there where I'm like, oh, this is... Like in the Fantastic Four where two yeah. puts a shield around someone's head and says, I can remove the oxygen from Yeah, them. yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, there's little moments where, where in that last episode and the first episode where you're like, oh, this is a bit more in the tone that Star Trek should be. The rest of it's terrible. Who buys all these pinball games on Switch? I don't know. You. But Picard, season two is uh, dreadful. Yeah. Discovery, which people still aren't given a chance, season four was great. Well, I like Lower Decks, um, and uh, Strange New Worlds will probably check out eventually, but, uh, you know, eventually. Watch the Orville when it's on. Watch the Orville. Uh, Watch the Orville in general. I kind of can't stand Seth MacFarlane. Yeah, he tones it down a bit after the first few episodes. Does he? Oh. Yeah, yeah. The first few episodes are definitely like, we need some family guy humour. Um, apparently he's done some interviews where he's quite vocal about the people who were in charge before weren't really letting them make the show they wanted to make. Oh, okay. So the new series is like a semi-reboot. Oh, okay. It's called New Horizon, so it's like a big... Uh, it's, it's carrying on, but it's like... Yeah. It's, you know... Soft reboot. Yeah, soft reboot. Um, but, you know... There's one episode of The Orville that I did watch, and it was the one where they have to go on board the their version of the Klingon ship, disguised. Yeah, yeah. Like these disguised things. Yeah, I mean, 90% of the episodes of The Orville are just episodes of Star Trek. Yeah. <laughs> But they have to go on disguised as a thing and they have to try and pretend to be Klingons. Whatever they're called in that series. Yeah. I can't remember what they're called. Um, and they have to read the battle plans. Yeah. So they're trying to read the battle plans whilst also trying to blend in. And uh, and I was like, I hope someone stabs Seth MacFarlane. Oh, yeah, he does get stabbed, I think, if I'm right in that episode, doesn't he? So. I yeah. hope so. I like the one where they go to the planet, the, um, the Ilarians, I think, are from. And it's super high gravity on the planet. So they have to wear a special suit. So they're sitting in their um, spaceship, the yeah. little rock pod, and he just keeps throwing stuff out into the high gravity so it gets crushed on the floor. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I'll do that. Yeah, <laughs> I'd, I'd probably do something like that. Yeah. yeah. That's cool. You see, they're just throwing a can. I go, <laughs> do you see? Littering. It, Littering. It made me laugh because um, the ginger guy in that is married to the main woman in the Orville. They met doing that show together. Uh, the only reason I found out that... He can't be married to fucking... He is. What, Mockingbird from yeah. Agents of yeah. S.H.I.E.L.D.? He's married, married to her? Yeah. Fucking, what the freaking... And he's How? Also, he, How? He voices Steve Smith in... He's a uh, fucking tiny little... He was a know. kid actor. He voices Steve Smith in uh, An American Dad. How can he be married to freaking... I have no idea. Ja- ja- what's her name? Ja- uh, um, ja- yeah. Pilecki? Uh, Wonder Woman. One of... one, one A Wonder Woman. She was a Wonder yeah, Woman. Yeah, she's married to him. How? I don't know. Um, Jesus Christ. Magic? Does he know magic? Is he actually a wizard? Maybe he's got a massive dick. Probably. Short guys tend to have big dicks. Yeah, he's ginger, though. Yeah, and I'm six foot, and my dick's massive, so uh, bucks the trend. (laughs) Scott Tenneman situation going on there. Uh, All right. I refuse to believe that. Yeah, he's married to her. I refuse to believe that. Are you Googling it now? No, I'm just going to try and find out his name, so I can't remember his name. Steve Smith. Daddy's gone, and I... What was his name? He's, what's the actor's name? He was in Critters, one and three. Scott there. Grimes. Married to... Uh, married to... Uh... I mean, he doesn't say anything on there. Oh, does it not? Yeah, d- d- Scott d- Grimes. Let's just quickly... Adrian Palicki. Yeah. Fucking... Oh, fi- filed for divorce. 
Oh, really? Yeah, filed for divorce, it says. Oh, really? Yeah, it goes to present, but they filed for divorce. What? Working on the show together. Awkward. Which is funny, because the premise of the Orville is that her and the captain, Seth MacFarlane, are divorced, and they have to work together. No! <laughs> no, the, the the dream romance just... Oh, oh no! Well, it was the second time, apparently. More than a year after the actress first filed for divorce from her Orville co-star, she once again filed to legally end their marriage. I've got to believe it can just be an annulment, because surely she wouldn't. like. He's 12 years older than her. Yeah, get divorced, Adrian, and if you're you're not busy, and you still have that Wonder Woman costume. You sound like a terrible kid. He was only in it until 2022, as he left the show. He was in an episode of Dexter. Has he left the show? Well, no, because that's the current series. He was in... Um, he was in Band of Brothers. He was Will Scarlet in the Robin Hood film. You know the one with Russell Crowe? Was he? Yeah. And he was also Mark in Who's Your Monkey? <laughs> what was Who's Your Monkey? I don't know. Did you not see Who's Your Monkey? No. No? Anyway, what's your next review, you cock? He, uh, he was in a band called Sunset Boulevard and for being one of That's the four guest singers. I don't like that name for a band. He was one of the four guest singers in Russell Crowe's band Indoor Garden Party. Oh. Which is actually quite a good name for a band. So he went fighting around the world. Oh, I remember what he was in. What? He was Eric in Star Trek The Next Generation. He was one of um, Will Wheaton's friends. Oh, right. In an uh, episode, yeah. I remember him from Critters, so I'm cooler. Which episode was it? Critters 1 and 2. Evolution. And mm. 3, I believe. No, 3 was in space. Okay, all right. So I'm going to... Wait, Evolution, the one where he becomes a gecko person. No, that's Voyager. Ah. Um, All right, so my last review is going to be, of course, the brand new series of Stranger Things. I haven't watched it. Part one. Can't be arsed. I'll watch it eventually. Of two. I know it's not cool to like Stranger Things anymore. People just mock it all the time. They go, oh, it's just member berries, the, the program. You know, people That's all just... programs are now. Look, I like Stranger What original Things. programs are there? I like Stranger Things. I really like season three of Stranger Things. I reviewed it for this show. And I said it was cool because it was gross and goopy and there were monsters and it was fun. And I like it. But I fucking hate that twat, what's his name? Uh, who's the one who's dating Nancy that's not Steve? What? Who's the other Myers brother? Because it's Will and what's his brother's name? The Pris that fucking doesn't do anything. Oh, the one who's in New Mutants. Yeah, what's his yeah, name? Yeah. What's yeah. his name in, in Tim? His name's not Tim. It's too good a name for this cunt. Steve, Nancy. Will is his brother. I don't know if it matters. Anyway, no, it doesn't. The guy from New Mutants. Um, yeah, he's a cunt. I fucking hate him. He's shitting this. He's shitting every series of Stranger Things. Just... I've never liked oh, him. God. He's the most fucking useless character. He never mucks in. He never does anything. And when he does do something, it's always like... Cries and shit. hard on Fucking boring. I love Steve. But fuck you. How's his hair in this series? Great. It is really good, man. It's really good. All right, so... Steve is low-key the best character in any series of Stranger Things. Um, and in this series, after season three, when Robin came out to him at the end, after he sort of had romantic feelings for her and like he went to admit it and then she was like, I'm into girls. Sweet. Like, nice. And he he said that initially. Yeah. Um, but no, he, he 
like he went and like made a joke about it with her and they're still good friends in the series and they're working together and like there's some very sweet moments and they're like it's just a really nice plutonic friendship and he's still struggling with the idea that like she is into just girls but at the same time he's struggling with it in a way that he doesn't want to out her accidentally in public the way that he talks to people so he's often like he's often like bumbling over his words and he gets really excited about hanging out with his friends and he sees everything as friendship and like just just a nice guy all around. So anyway, is he going to discover that he likes dudes? Oh, I'd be great. I'd be into fucking Steve. He wouldn't be into you. What? What? We've got grey hair. Imagine his hair but curly. Yeah, that would probably be great. Yours though. My curly hair. Yeah. yeah. You're making Jewish joke. Is it curly or is it just a messy? Me- yeah, I, I think mean, it's a mess. messy curly. I mean, yeah. The real test is if you go to a desert or somewhere very arid. That's when uh, that's when you tell if someone's really curly haired or you just get a fro. We got we got um, there's a beach in Surrey apparently. Yeah, there is this one around the corner. Yeah, there's the yeah. Uh, I saw the advertising about a beach in Surrey. Like, is it really a beach if it doesn't hit no, the sea? No, it's just it's just by the lake. It's literally just some Halls sand. Of Common. Yeah, it's Halls of Common. It's got sand around it. There's a big lake. I mean, I go to the lake all the time. There's no sand around that. What Halls of Common? The lake around the corner. No, that's not a lake. That's a pond. That's not a pond. That's, that's a, a pond. That's a lake. No, it's a Goldsworth Park pond. That's, the ponds are small. You put them in your that back garden. That is small. That thing's massive. It's not massive. People used to swim in that. It's yeah. disgusting. There's some parts where you look there's at it and there's like groundwater coming out. You know out. there's a turtle in it. Someone just dumped off their pet turtle in there. There's turtles trying... all over the place in Surrey. People used to have them as pets. It was a it was a craze of having turtles as pets in the 60s and 70s. And people just dumped and them. And they all just got dumped in the wild. So there's a load of natural... Like, you know the golf course? Yeah. There's loads of them around there. Oh. Yeah. Go, go steal one. I would. Don't steal a turtle. Oh, fuck's sake. You always give me permission to go and get a new pet and then you get really pissed off at me. But what you one. could do... What? Is get a rat. And just leave one out there. <laughs> we get a rat like Custard. Yeah. Remember how angry Custard was? Yeah. We get a bunch of rats like Russell Crowe. He's <laughs> a train and I'm just a box. Um, anyway, sorry. Stranger Things season four. So... So here we go, right? At the end of the last season, Elle lost her powers. Oh no! And she went away with the Byers boys, and um, and uh, and she now lives in California with them. One day, um, Meredith. I forget who's Meredith. Is it Meredith? Winona Ryder. Yeah. Possibly, I don't know. Winona Ryder. Up, all right, guys. I'm going to just quickly. Heather's. Is it? Yeah, name's Heather's. I'm going to just quickly bring up a character list. You're well prepared. You're well prepared. No, because You're like I was. I, Is this your last review? Yeah. Oh god, thank god. Uh, okay. All right. And I've got a little man who turns into a head. You got a little man who turns into a head. Yeah. Oh, you got a headmaster. Yeah, yeah. Not he's, he's not a headmaster. Jonathan's the name of that because prick. Jonathan's licenses. the name of that prick. I hate him. Um. So Joyce. She's living with Joyce. Um, That's nothing like Meredith. No, it isn't. Uh, she's living with Joyce, who receives a message from Hopper in a Russian doll. Yeah. Because, spoiler alert, Hopper is alive. Oh, this is only a spoiler if you don't Oh, watch. does everyone think she's crazy? No, 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 no. Like, the message can't possibly No, 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 because she's now got a crazy friend. Do you remember uh. the, the, the weird guy who was friends with the Russian dude? The reporter guy? Oh, yeah. Yeah, Murray. Oh. Um, so, Murray is in this season now, and he is... He basically jumps on board of Astro. He's like, Joyce, you're receiving messages from Hopper. Let's go save Hopper. So that's their little adventure. Personally, I don't believe messages unless it's blinking lights on a wall. So we get into that in a minute. So yeah. that's their little adventure going on. And then meanwhile, so you've got, you got the Byers boys and you've got Eleven. Eleven's now been adopted. She's June. Oh. That's her name. She's, she's you know, she's going yeah. to school and stuff. She's getting bullied by a girl. So she 
fucking slams her. She brains her with a skate. Good. Really fucking good. She starts, the girl's bleeding. She's like, this is going to be another one of these things where we find out the bullies have got a heart of gold, really, or they've got... Oh, no, sad, they're just all cunts, mate. They've got a sad life, like, really. Honestly, you want them all to die. Yeah. Like, they don't have anything going on outside of this. No, oh, sweet. Um, so, as soon as that happens, the police turn up and they go to arrest Eleven. But Eleven is saved by the group that gave her superpowers in the first place, so she's off on her own little adventure. Oh. And now the buyers, boys... That's convenient for budgetary reasons, because she can shoot loads of things with minimal actors around at the same well, time. Well, she has Matthew Modine... You don't have to worry about schedules She has shit. Matthew Modine and... Oh. Um, what's his name from Aliens? Paul Reiser? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, those two. So she has, like, the like the real fucking money people. Yeah, she's got the 18. Um, but anyway, so, so Joyce and Murray are going to go save Hopper. Um, and then you've Hooper? got... Pardon? Hopper or Hooper? Hopper. Hopper. Because the name's Hop, isn't it? Is it? Yeah. Um, and then you've got the Byers boys are going to go save Eleven, who's been taken back to, um, taken back to whatever the place is called. Um, where's Strange Things set? What's the name of the place? Upside down. Um, so they're on their way back to their hometown. Meanwhile, Steve, um, Steve and all the boys, they're trying to stop a supernatural monster. What, Carl Urban and... Yeah. Yeah. They're trying, so everybody else from the Stranger Thing cast, so Nancy. Oh, yeah, the last Steve, series had that little bit with the Robin. potential other monster that's the real. No, 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 that's, that's, that's the mind flare. That's still in the background. That's been in the background since yeah. season one. So, you know, in the, like the promotional images for season one where they've got the town, they've got the upside down, they've got the big tentally monster that's in the background. Yeah. That's the mind flare. That's controlling all this shit. Uh. That's basically like he is commanding all of these things he's sending, and he's sending these things through different ways to try and penetrate into our world. So you know like the first one, Eleven's powers meant that like the Demogorgon can get through and can sort of like semi-punch holes through. Mm. And then season two, you had um, the government had basically found one of those holes that was still open and was trying to fucking open it even further. They were trying to go in. And that's when you start getting all the Demodogs and stuff going through. Season three, you had the Mind Flayer basically went, fuck you, my turn, and then came through and created the big googly moogly monster using He's zombies. A tree. Yeah, made the big googly moogly. Was that moogly. serious? Pardon? Was that serious? Had the tree? Maybe. What was the tree? They had the tree that the Nancy falls into. Potentially. It might be the first. I can't remember. No, I can't, remember. I can't remember. I, I like Nancy, though. Does she still look a little bit scared? She needs to eat some food. She was a bit scared. Anyway, anyway so, uh, so yeah, Googly Boogly Monster, and the Russians were also experimenting, but they were trying to punch a hole into this other place permanently as a way to travel. <sighs> Why wouldn't? And that's kind of what happened with Hopper. He got transported to the other base. What's wrong with a car? I don't know. Um, and now, in this season, it's basically a combination of all those things. The Russians are still experimenting with demogorgons and things that they can pull out of this, pull out of the hell dimension of the upside down. Um, and then you've got, um, and then you've got this new villain in Hawkins, that's the name of the place, called Vecna, or Vecna. It's named after another D&D character. Yeah. And basically, Vecna is like, he can kill people. He has to invade your dreams. He was he he. Oh, he's a Freddy Krueger. Basically, Robert England has a cameo in this oh. in this season. But he's his whole thing is that he uh, he gets into the minds of people that are weak and are struggling, like he, bullies. Yeah, no, no, no. Like like people being bullied or people having difficulties at home or whatever. Oh, no, he gets into the mind he, of bullies. He, he sinks into them and then he he keeps sending them shit to slowly drive them insane and make them weaker and weaker so they can't sleep. Mm. And then when he finally gets into a point where he can fully take them over, instead of him like taking them over. He kills them by breaking their limbs in multiple places and then sucking the eyes into their head 
Like, like basically fucking collapse. Yeah, it's like proper horror stuff in this series. Mm. And they're like, when it happens, they like float up as the connection's made and they're like, ah. Yeah, this is a bit Freddy Krueger. Yeah. And, um, and the whole thing. just play a video game where he controls them. (laughs) And the whole thing about this is that he's like sort of punching holes through, but he's, every time he murders someone, he makes a new hole. And he's trying to just basically make Hawkins like a big, he's just trying to perforate reality. Like Hawkins, as many, Kills he can get the weaker that area is and the more likely he can get the mind flare for it they can take over. Um and it's really fucking interesting. It's got like a really nice serial killery vibe to this one. You know, like the last one it felt like zombies because it was just people that were infected that yeah. like going to the big masses. It felt a bit like Sliver more than anything else. Um this one it feels like very much like a nightmare on Elm Street, but it it's almost like you know how Freddy Krueger was just like, I'm gonna kill the kids from Elm Street. I'm gonna get the power and I don't know. It's a bit of a limited kids. street and yeah. just one street. Um, and like that was his whole thing was he was just like I'm gonna kill all these kids. Your parents killed me. I'm gonna kill all these kids. This guy Vecna, he's like, I'm just gonna keep killing people until I weaken your reality enough that the big fucker can get in. And like the idea of that, like it's almost like it, it's like Freddy Krueger with a much more sinister purpose. It's like Freddy Krueger if the end game was like I'm gonna have all the powers I've got here to warp the entirety of reality in the real world. But that was never his goal. It was a new nightmare. Was it? Well, in, in New Nightmare, he was he was you know, a demon into the he? real world. Yeah, he wasn't really Freddy Krueger. He was a demon, a dream demon. Yeah, it was Freddy Krueger. Freddy Krueger wasn't a dream demon until he got to like the fourth, no, sixth film. The Dream Warriors had to take him dream out. Dream Warriors. You've, you've belittling the work of the Dream Warriors. Gonna be a dream warrior. But anyway, really fucking good. Stranger Things season four, really fucking good. I watched it through on the day. I'm kind of annoyed with myself that I did that, but we've yeah, only got wait. Stupid. We've only got wait till the first of July, and then we get the the last two episodes, and it's like four hours in those two episodes. And I'm looking forward to it. Because it is all building. Like, this is the good thing. Like, I know that people don't like this show. I know it's not cool to still enjoy the show. But I just fucking love it. I just don't want to watch a show that takes half an evening to watch an episode. No, but I just I just like a show <laughs> where like it can succinctly go, these are your players, this is the goal, they're all moving towards that goal, eventually they're all gonna meet up there. Like in the last series, it was great because you had Steve and and, and um what was his name? The uh, Pirate Red Ranger. You had Steve Robin, you had what was the kid's name? I like the Red Ranger. Henderson, Anderson, Henderson. Another guy who's who's milf banging. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 He was yeah. Cool. He's back in it for one episode for this series. How's the milf in? Uh the milfs are all milfs are all still very good. What was her name? I can't remember her name. Oh no, nor can I. Yeah. But um but anyway, so like yeah, you've got in in season three you had that fucking great little through line where you had like Steve and Dustin and Robin were all investigating Russians that were some reason in them in the mall. And then you had the other team were like, were like, hey, have you guys seen that there's like a bunch of rats exploding and turning people into monsters? Like, wait, what? We're dealing with Russians. What are you fucking dealing with? And it just came into like a big log ahead at the end. And it was great. Like you had these groups on separate adventures and it was all just like linked brilliantly. Yeah. And like Logs. <laughs> what? Logs. <laughs> I can drop a log. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, really enjoyed it. Season four has been great so far. We'll see how they end it because I don't know if... The thing about having a villain that has purpose and has personality is that unless you're showing that purpose and personality a bit more and all they've really done is they've shown you the history of him and it, they haven't done it in a way that makes him sympathetic. So it's not like in a thing where you could be like, oh, no, oh, like there's no conflict here when it comes to who you want to win. There is only one team that you really want to win. It's just more interesting if there is some uh, grey areas there. But still, um, it's a good villain. Looks really cool. It's like a... It's like a weird nemesis style creation. So it's like a human that's been affected by the upside down, like completely like mutated. 
and they have like when they when they hook up to their when they're like um when they're trying to take over someone when they're about to kill them they sort of they go to their house which is the place where their initial powers emerged and they have like these like ooey gooey tendrils that go into them like they slide in between their flesh yeah. to like hook them in I think that's really cool I like that sort of stuff but yeah, uh, Tom Atkins really I fucking loved it. the Funko Pops out for this Maybe. series. Maybe. Uh, Tom Atkins, I really fucking enjoyed it. I'm really looking forward to those last two episodes. Uh, when they're out, I'm going to review them as well. But it's not the last two, is it? They said there's another series coming. There's one last series, yeah. Oh. Um, which would be good if they if they end this with them just Netflix being like, will cancel it. Yeah, probably. <laughs> if they end this series with, with the bad guy winning, and it just being like, fuck, it's fruit, and there's like, three years until the next series, I'll be like, well, I fucking hate everyone. Mm. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, the kids aren't kids anymore. They're still supposed to be teenagers in this. Yeah, they're all like twenty. No, no especially like Gate and Masazara. He's like older than the he's others, not. isn't he? The one with the funny teeth. He's How got missing he? teeth. I swear he's older than the others. I thought he was younger than the others. He's got a beard when you see him normally. Do you remember when he had that show that was meant to be like punked? He still has that. He's nineteen. That show got cancelled, didn't it? I don't think they did the no, show. Prank encounters is still going. Is it? Yeah, he's nineteen. They're all like nineteen, aren't they? I don't know, I think he's... No, one of them's 17. Yeah, they're all young still. They're not, like, old, old. I'll put them out to pasture. Uh, pasture the prime. Let them, let them finish the series. Yeah, but no, I'm really enjoying it. Like, I'm a sucker for this shit. Like, um, it's not always, like... I think I think I reviewed Vampire in the Bronx, which is, like, a very similar thing, but it was, like, kids fighting vampires. What, the friggin' Eddie Murphy film? No, Vampire in Brooklyn is what you're thinking now. Wow. Um, Vampire in Bronx was like an interesting, like, it was like a 80s style horror movie where like homeless people were being turned into vampires, specifically like homeless people who were people of colour, um, who were like being ignored by the police and like social services in the it area. in the Bronx, man. Yeah. Fucking vampires. But they were being turned into vampires so that they suddenly had the power to fight back properly. Yeah. Um, and it was really interesting. It had Keith David in it. Oh, uh, Keith David. Yeah. I remember him from Mass Effect. Saints Row 4. <laughs> Yeah, you say Mass Effect. Sounds for a fool, man. Rowdy Roddy Piper. They get back together. Yeah, why was this such a random thing? Why would they do that? Because they were best friends. Yeah, they're best friends, yeah. yeah. The maniac really thanks you guys for your uh, generosity <laughs> and your berries. <laughs> I love this timeshare, guys. What did I watch that had a... Oh, Don Brothers has a Valiv thing going on. Does it? Yeah, yeah. When they wear their glasses, they can see oh. portals and doors and an alternate reality going on around them. Okay. Yeah. But I'm not going to review Don Brothers, because it's not finished yet. It's only like 12 episodes in. Dream 13 episodes in. Right, what should I review next? What are you going to review, Ant? I'm going to review the film of the year. Because you know how I like to just say a film's going to be my film of the year, and it always... I know when I've seen my film of the year. Did you watch Morbius? No. I watched the latest movie from SS Rajamuli. RRR. RRR. It stands for the name of the the actors, but they also, every country it's released in, they give a different set of three names for it. Um, RRR is an event. This film, I heard so much hype about this film from the sort of people, Patrick Williams did a video about it, yeah. But I heard so much hype from this film from the sort of people who I know don't tend to watch Bollywood movies. It's not a Bollywood movie, it's a Tollywood movie. Yeah, it's on Netflix. It's the Hindi dub on Netflix. Um, all this hype about it from people I know don't t- who say, "Oh, I don't tend to watch Bollywood films or Indian Miss Tollywood Tollywood films." It's a tal tal not t- Talugu film. I can't remember where it's from. Um, but 
I thought, oh, I'm probably going to watch this and it's going to be a pretty standard, you know, average um, film. It's got The Predator in it. Okay. The Punisher. The Punisher, rather. Oh, Ray Stevenson. Yeah, Ray Stevenson in it. Um, I thought this was just going to turn out to be like a normal Bollywood film. This is yeah. going to be on the level of Chennai Express, which is a decent Indian film. Not amazing, but, you know, a good way to spend a couple of hours. It's three hours long, this one. Oh, I, direct, I, I reckon I, there's one guy in this that looks like the guy from that cyborg movie where they form a giant bull. Maybe. Who knows? That's, I think that's, that's not necessarily a movie. Anyway, he did... Um, He's screaming a bunch at a lion. Did Dharma? Yeah, or a tiger. Um, anyway, you're watching the trailer? Yeah. Yeah, the trailer's not going to give you anything. Is it? I mean, it looks pretty dramatic. It's pretty amazing. So anyway, the plot of the film is, right, set in 1920s India... When English man. colonialism is going full steam, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> just being low-key sex. So this British family that have this massive, great, big palatial estate in yeah. India, and they rule over this whole town area. It's, it's, um, There's an underwater fight. It's Ray Stevenson. It's not an underwater fight. They're just walking together so they can hold hands. That's after they've rescued a child. Oh, okay. Um, in an amazing sense, yeah. rescue sequence involving a horse and a motorbike and rope swinging and throwing a kid onto an island. He's training by having the man on his shoulders and doing squats. Yeah, you would. Anyway, so they, they kidnap a child. Yeah. They basically, this child, she's doing like some Alison Doody's in it. Do you remember Alison Doody? She was the um, the Nazi woman in Last Crusade. Yes. Yeah, her. Um, she's, she's like, you know, they're doing the henna tattoos and she's like, oh, I like this one. Let's keep her for ourselves. And they give a couple of coins to the villagers and take the child. Right. Bad, big mistake. Right. So she kicked a woman in the stomach. Yeah. There's all sorts of stuff happens. So How from the village, three hours. <laughs> so I might watch it again soon. It's fucking amazing. <laughs> so from the town, yeah. this one guy. Um, I need to bring up the names because he has he uses a fake name. He uses Akhtar as his name because um, he goes undercover. He's basically left his village and he's gone to get the girl back because you know you can't you can't just like kidnap a girl no. from a village. They're like a herd. When one of their pack leaves, it causes them great pain. Are you comparing them to animals? They say that that's oh. what they say in the film. Um, when you meet him for the first time, he fights a tiger and a wolf. Yeah, I see. I and see. kid and captures the wolf. I gotta be honest. This looks like the best film ever made. It is the best film ever made. I'm gonna watch this. Watch this tonight. Um, but anyway, so he's gone to save the girl. Yeah. Right now, now he is his character is a real life actual person who actually existed. One of the someone who's considered part of the revolution of India, freeing himself, freeing India from colonial rule. Right. Yeah. Um, I need to get the names up. So he's um, Komaran Bean. Right, he goes by the name Akhtar for some of the film because he's undercover, sort yeah. of. Parallel in this, bit like the movie Twin Dragons, yeah, um, is this with, other dude with Jackie Chan playing a violinist? No, what's the Jean Claude Van Damme? No, double double team. No, the other one. You know the one where he's the legionnaire. I can't remember. He plays two. He plays himself twice in multiple films. Anyway, Jackie Chan one, sure. Um, so on the other side, there is this guy who's a police officer working for the evil. Like colonial um, colonialists, right? Yeah, and they know that someone's coming for the girl, so he has to go out and find this person and arrest him, and bring him in, teach him a lesson, and that's um, that's Raju, that's Ram Ram, that's Aluri Sitarama Raju Ram, yeah. right? Another actual real life person who was a major revolutionary point in Indian history. He got guns to. Um, freedom fighters arm every man allow him to fight back right yeah 
So that's that, that's real things. That's real thing. Nothing in this film is real. Like there's a period where you're not really sure what those guys are up to, and they just slotted it in here, and they come How across long was each that other. Like a few years. Okay. Right, but they they basically they end up like meeting each other after rescuing a child. Yeah. And they bond, and they become the best friends that have ever existed. They're gay lovers, aren't they? I mean, not it's it's not subtext or anything in India, but you probably possibly could interpret. It's like like Cholet. Um, like a subtext is for cowards in India. Dudes become such good friends that they are the best friends ever. Okay, it just happens in India. Remember my beloved father. <laughs> yeah. So they have a series of scenes where you see how great they are as friends, best yeah. friends. But what you know, because you, the audience, know that they're on opposite sides. <gasps> Because, you know, he's Ram's hunting for Bean. He's looking for the guy who's trying to rescue this girl. Yeah. And they want to stop him rescuing the girl. And the thing is, he's a cop. And he's got a whole plan. But you don't find out about this plan until after the intermission. For the first time... intermission on Netflix. Fucking, there's an intermission. It's an Indian movie. Of course there's an intermission. How long is the intermission? It's only a few seconds. But if you saw it in cinema, there'd be a break. Oh, okay. But there is a (laughs) full-blown intermission moment. Um, You don't know his plan. So for the first half of the film... Your whole thing is, they're best friends. At some point, they're going to come into conflicts. So they're on opposite sides. Yeah. But after the break, you get a bit of backstory and you find out what the truth is behind Ram's story. And, you you know, and he's not actually a bad person. He's actually doing something very undercover and he's losing a bit of himself in that process. What matters is, I could easily tell you uh, three things that happen in this film that you won't believe are real... But they absolutely are, and they're still not the most amazing things that happen in the film. Do they form like a, a Voltron-style robot? No, this is set in 1920. No, but I mean, like, they like get on each other's shoulders and can perform yeah, special practice- moves. No, they, there's a sequence where they're escaping from a prison, but he's too, he's too weak to escape, so he carries him on shoulders, and he shoots, and they kung fu, and they swing from things. So they do form a Voltron-style That's fair to maybe. But anyway... Um, this you know, had a lot of surgery. This woman who's that's Alison Doody, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, for example, in the film, um, let's say a man punches out a tiger while wielding a flaming torch as a gauntlet. Yeah, that's a thing that happens. They also kick that torch at someone, and then the bits that bounce off of the human that gets knocked out first is used as a club by another person. Yeah, yeah, that's normal. Oh, that's um, a cool bird. An arrow is kicked through a tree into a man's head. Good. Yeah. Yeah, right. that's pretty awesome. Um, what's another amazing thing that happens in the film? Oh, there's a romance between Beam and a random British lady who she's kind of not really into the whole. She's not as bad as the other one, so it's okay. Yeah. Um, I think she's in like a couple of random British TV shows. Um, but they get invited to a party and there's some Englishmen who are like, you people shouldn't be here because you're scum of the earth and below us. And then they're like, why don't you dance? And then they have a massive dance off that, like, between the British and the two in two main characters, and they're dancing, shaking their legs around, dancing away, and they outdance them. But it ends up with, but this is amazing. They have this whole dance sequence, right? And it gets down to them two versus the one British guy who's a bit of a slimy jerk who's after Bean's new girlfriend, yeah, or this love interest, and they defeat him. And then it's like this moment where it's like you're building up to the tension of them coming into conflict, but you get this moment where they're like, "Well, it's just us two left now." We're going to have to outdance each other. And they turn to each other. And it's the first time they're in competition. <gasps> and you're like, these are best friends. And they're having a friendly competition dancing. And, and they go, who, who can dance for the longest? 
between the two. But then, like, Ram notices that, you know, the woman's there and he's been trying to help his bro out. So he takes a fall for his bro. And it's like, fucking hit you right there, man. I, uh... The film's fucking amazing. <laughs> Everything I've told you happens in the first hour. <laughs> like, yeah, it's like... I've barely told you anything. It's 40 minutes before the title screen comes up. There's, like, three... Yeah, a thing, popped up, a thing popped up before the actual film started that just said Don't the watch story. the film yet. You need to friggin'. I mean, like, I'm going to watch more watch of it in a second. Sorry. No. But yeah, like, it, you need to sit down for three with, hours. It popped up with a thing that said the story. Yeah, that's the first intro. Oh, okay. And then you get a sequence that introduces Ram. Yeah. And then a sequence that introduces Beam. And then the title screen will come up. And then the film starts. I wonder if 45 minutes like, in. I wonder if, like. It's, any, not, it's a Tollywood film. I wonder if Tollywood is looking for white guys to play British people. Yeah, but they've got Ray Stevens. Yeah, for this movie. Maybe they want some cheap. The great thing about all the English dialogue is that it's. Because when you're doing foreign territories, you write the English dialogue as clearly and basically as possible so yeah. everyone can hear it. They say bugger, bastard, wanker a whole they also, bunch of they times. Dub it's over great. It. Like, they dub over it additionally, so it's like a higher. Well, no, they, they used to never record audio on set. They didn't start recording audio on set on Indian Bollywood films until the late 90s. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, but they filmed this film. They they shot the whole thing, and then the, all the actors dubbed it into four different languages. Oh. Apart from the British, English actors, they just English in every version. He definitely speaks other languages. He's South African, isn't he? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, so he probably just speaks like Leonardo DiCaprio in Blood Diamond. Um. <laughs> You've got to talk with a bit more sort, yeah? He does a British accent in this. Yeah, no, he, yeah. I think he is actually British. I think that he is British, sorry. But um, no, the film's the film's a masterpiece. It's so much fun. I'm going to have to check it out. Um, I, I still say Sholay is probably still my favourite Indian film of all time, because Sholay is fucking amazing, but you can't fucking watch it anywhere, because the only version that's available is the shitty 3D I watched... bad remaster they did. I watched that superhero film that they did not long uh, ago. Krish. Yeah. Krish 2. I had to watch no Chris Free because Chris Two doesn't exist. No, there's there's Chris, there's Chris, and there's Chris Two. No, but Chris Two is called Chris Free. Well, that's because the first film, yeah, in the franchise it's is like an eighty style kids movie. It's so a I completely different movie. Yeah, yeah. I watch that. And when the alien comes down and then helps everyone. Yeah, and then it's like about soccer. Like Chris is the second film. Yeah, in the series. Oh right. Yeah, the first film's not called Chris. It's cool. It's got some completely different name. Yeah. But an alien gives a kid special powers yeah. and they have an adventurous E.T. And then Chris Free is the most recent one. Yeah, but it's the third film in the series. Yeah. The Chris pretty, films are special. Pretty weird. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. Um, it reminded me a lot of, like, Ultraviolet. Do you remember that? The uh, Mila Jovovich. Yeah, but Ultraviolet's terrible. But no, but, like, this, the ideas behind it. Like, Ultraviolet was one of those films where it was like, this is the script, this is what the characters do, just film it. Hmm. doesn't matter if it looks bad and like Chris yeah, has a lot of that in it yeah it's Chris, like, Chris isn't going to hold I mean Chris was a big success but like story wise it's not yeah. as gripping as R. Chris is Chris is one of those films where it was like he there's only two get, R's in the title for a start Chris needs to go from yeah it's R K-R-R-I-S-H but it's like Chris is just like it's like okay he needs to get from this building to this Singham building Singham is in R-R-R who? the guy who played Singham you know, sing him. You know, he's got the bit. Everyone's seen the scene where he's on the pier and there's the guys in the jeep, and then he pulls the lamppost off. Oh yeah, and like, clobbers one of them yeah. around the face. That fucking is probably the greatest action scene of all time. There's the other bit where he um, shoots the car's tire out, and the car flips over, and he just drags the guy out the window. Yeah, 
And then he, As he flips over his head. And he runs out of bullets, so he takes his belt off and starts whipping people. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. He's in he's in the film. Oh great. Yeah, but he's got a key role. He comes in the second half of the film. He's it's a level worker. Special special moment. Special he makes belts. His like sometimes in Indian films they'll have a what's called an item song. Yeah. And it'll be like they'll have someone who's a currently a very famous pop singer. Yeah. And they'll have a song that just happens. And it's like a big song moment to introduce him in the film. Just give you a moment around one cat one singer. It's you know, imagine if like you're watching like a Disney film, a Marvel film, right? And halfway through, Lady Gaga turned up and did a song, and then just never appeared in the film again. She's not in the film before that. She's not in the film after. She just does a song. Like it's like a big in, moment. Like in Iron Man Two, my hero Elon Musk appears out of nowhere and then just Fucking disappears. Right. Um, so the guy who plays Singham. I can't yeah. remember his name. Yeah. Um, he's he's not singing a song. Okay. But it's like he comes in for this one like five ten minute segment just to make you pay attention because he's the centre of attention for this moment he's got a major cat oh the man who felt no pain is probably my favourite Bollywood movie man who felt no pain yeah it's about a kid who's born without the ability to feel pain so like he he basically when he's he's, well no he's just a kid and he's just like He's got to like constantly have a strength inside of his mouth to keep himself hydrated because he doesn't feel thirsty and stuff. Oh. And he has to like snack constantly because he's like he's hungry and stuff. You should watch better Bollywood Indian films. No, it's really good. It's, it's genuinely really good because it's one of those action films where they're like... S.S. Rajamuli did that fly one where the guy gets oh, turned yeah. into a fly. Yeah. Not like the fly. No. He just turns into an actual tiny little fly. Yeah. and then he beats up a spider. He beats up people. That. Yeah. He kicks a bullet at them and stuff like <laughs> that. But no, the Man Who Feels No Pain, genuinely good film. And it's like got like a proper story and everything. It's not just like some ridiculous. And the kid, the the guy who plays him as an adult is like a really good martial artist. Like he does like most of his own stunts and stuff in that film. But it just, it's just the story of a kid who's like, who's like, I'm like a superhero because I can't feel any pain. It's like, yeah, you can't feel it, but your body's still getting horribly damaged by this stuff. Yeah, you shouldn't do... So you shouldn't fight crime. Yeah. You're like the worst person to fight crime. And they're like, the end action scene is fucking brutal. Like it's a comedy film. Like there is comedy element. There are comedy elements. Comedy elements to it. But the end fight when you're seeing him like take punch after punch after punch, and you're like, he's still just standing up and like fighting as if nothing's wrong. And he breaks his leg, and like the way he finds out if he breaks his leg is is like he takes a step on it is like it's shaky and fucked up, and he's like, ah no. (laughs) A really good film though. Like really solid action stuff in that. Well, I'm saying everyone should watch RRR because and the man who felt no pain. nothing is gonna be better than this film the this man year. Who felt no pain is. We got we got fucking for Love and Fury coming up. Yeah, I might be looking forward to that, but and I haven't seen Everything Everywhere all at once. But I mean, Everything Everywhere all at once doesn't have a guy crashing a massive trailer full of animals into a building into a, a palace, so all the animals get launched out the cage to attack all the British colonialists. It has a film called Raccoon Tui. Huh. You know Ratatouille? Yeah. Where the guy has a hat with a rat, with a rat underneath it that helps him cook. In Raccoon Tui, it's the same premise, but when she finds out what's happening, the raccoon controls the guy to try and kill her. What are you on about? <laughs> Everything, everywhere, all at once. Oh. It also has a scene, you know I told you about the butt plug scene? Right after that scene, two people go to fight and one of them has a statue shoved up his like an actual like trophy of someone playing squash he's just got the like oh you want to go for a bowling trophy (laughs) it's just the fact he comes into shot he's like yeah he's just got this fucking plastic statue sticking out his arse you don't want to go with a plastic one either because that could break metal like not not iron though because you know poisoning or lead yeah lead anyway oh 
Um, great. It sounds good. I'm going to watch it. Yeah. I'm going to watch it. I'm going to review Sit, it. Pay attention. I'm three hours long. I hate it. Um, because you didn't tell me there were black people. <laughs> Ray Stevenson's a tour de force. Ray Stevenson always is. He's my favourite. He's my favourite. Just, just like Martin Friedman in Black Panther. He's, he's like, <laughs> <laughs> fucking. Nah, the two lead actors are amazing. Charismatic friggin' bastards that they are. <laughs> I stand by the best thing about Black Panther. It's always going to be, what's his name, playing uh, Claw. Yeah. <laughs> Hello, little girl. Shouldn't have killed him off. I know. Still, still my favourite fucking Mr. Sunday's movie. <laughs> Mr. Sunday movie segment. Yeah. Cool. Alright. Uh, I'm genuinely going to check it out. I'm going to watch it because it sounds great. Who could he play? Who could we get Andy Serkis to play now? Because he well, could just... be a CGI character, couldn't he? Yeah. He loves his motion capture. You just bring, bring him back as Claw. Wasn't there a monkey detective in Marvel Comics? Yeah. Yeah. yeah or maybe was. he could be um, the T-Rex from De- Devil Dinosaur. <gasps> Just get him to tie his arms up a little bit. Walk around in a mocap seat. Did you see a bunch of people were going like, why are we getting a fucking Miss Marvel show? And I was like, do you realise that Miss she's... Marvel's fucking great. Yeah, you realise really that popular. she's like been, yeah, the most, one of the most popular new Marvel characters in the last 20 years. Yeah, it's like her and Miles Morales, and that's the only ones anyone cares about. Yeah. They've both been fucking right. incredible. Well, it's not true. Riri Williams actually had a good run to begin with. But now then, she's like, in um, something Heart. that's coming up, isn't she? She's yeah, she's going to be Ironheart. Echo? Or no, she's in Black Panther 2 or something, isn't she? I think so, yeah. yeah. Yeah, Riri Williams. But like, people didn't like her after the initial run because they like they made it... They've convoluted it a lot. Whereas Tony Stark, it was all about Tony Stark and like his id. Her one has like more complicated themes and different layers to it. And that's fine. It's just... I think that some of the comics writers don't really know how to juggle those elements very well. You don't like complicated things anyway because it confuses your brain. Makes me hurt. Makes you angry. Makes me hurt my thinking box. Yeah. <laughs> Mind grapes go wrong. <laughs> Mind grapes go wrong. All right. Well, that has been episode 187. Yeah. Apocalypse. I feel like we should go out on the infinite words of Joe Pesci. Maybe not. I don't want to risk it. I deleted it off my phone. I don't like it. It started out, started out being really jovial and angry. And they just went straight to Jewish. Why? How does he even know I've got Jewish people in my family? Ugh. He's got connections. He knows. My yeah, well, Mel Gibson, you interviewed Mel Gibson. Well, earlier. that was kind of the thing. I thought Mel Gibson was going to be. Mel the Gibson one that really told him. F- yeah, yeah, I think Mel Gibson can smell it on me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fucking Mel Gibson. How did he have less problematic lines than Joe Pesci? Beloved character actor Joe that, Pesci. That film where Mel Gibson had his hand in the beaver the whole film. Yeah, the beaver. Yeah, yeah. Directed by um, Jodie Foster. Jodie Foster, known lesbian. Who also likes putting her hand in a beaver? Do you not call them beavers anymore? This is a, I mean, that's what we used to call vaginas. You get all those gender critical lesbians after you now. The LGB Alliance. Oh, fuck with gender critical the fucking turfs. Mm. But isn't it funny, right? LGB Alliance apparently talk for lesbian, gay people, and bisexual people. But of all the people in those groups that I speak to, none of them support LGB Alliance. No. It's also funny that you... Bunch of lipstick, lipstick lesbians, isn't it, you know? Like, LGB Alliance, like, what have they actually done for anyone? Well, they've made themselves money. That seems to be a running theme. And they got to meet J.K. Rowling. So, you know... That's they, true. 
Maybe they can meet Rachel Riley as well. They got to hang out with that that guy who hangs out with Nazis. That journalist. What was his name? The one that the guy from uh, Mumford and Sons likes. Dan Wooten? No. Paul Joseph Watson? Probably. Milo Yiannopoulos? (laughs) Who I pissed off once on Twitter. I had his weirdos coming after me. Oh, really? Yeah. I did the same. What was that guy? I'd much rather piss off Fassifs on Twitter than when my buddy Dan pissed off Dee Snyder from Twisted Sister. What was (laughs) the... Who was that weird little kid who was, like, trying to, like, fucking boost Trump? The one who kept lying about stuff. He held that, like, weird press conference in front of his house and said, like, someone... Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I pissed off that kid. (laughs) Yeah. I got, like... I got, like... 14,000 likes on a tweet because I was like, I called your mum and she's very disappointed in you. And everybody kept saying stuff like, did you really? I can't believe that. It's so funny. And I was like, Jesus Christ, the level of this. Yeah, 14,000 likes are making a your mum joke to a fucking American kid. Has he gone to jail now? Uh, I think so, yeah. Well, he was already on the hook for embezzlement anyway. He embezzled a bunch of old people's money when he was like 18. Because Americans are fucking stupid. Sweet. Yeah. Alright, anyway, that's been episode 187. I've been Matt, you've been Ant, and you can find at, um, you can find him at LV54 Space Monkey. Yeah. And while we was hat on Twitter. Yeah, well done. Um, and also Mellow Gaming. Oh, sorry, Wild Will's Hat on Twitter. And also Mellow Gaming. You've got some new videos out, haven't you, on Mellow Gaming? What have I you put a new video every week. There's a new Let's Play every week. What's your new Let's Play? The last new Let's Play? I played most on Pacific Rift. Yeah, you did. How'd that go? That's a good game, that. Do you want the other Motorstorm games? Because they're all downstairs in the PS3 games if you want them. Can't be asked now. I moved on. You can't be asked because I've offered them to you for free as a gesture I've got of kindness. I've got to play Doom. Doom I've got Doom on PS1. It's a weird box for that game. That's the, that's the box he always had. Doom 1996. Hmm. Was it 96 on the PlayStation? Possibly. Yeah, it was. It was 94 on PC, I believe. Your mum was 94 on PC. I mean, she was younger than that, but yeah, close. Uh, 95... Not bad. Not bad. Does it have DualShock support? No, because it was predates that. Your mum predates that. Ooh, oh, you fucking can't got ya. You fucking cunny. Yeah. But anyway, I love you all. Stay safe. Oh, you can find me at Crit Apocalypse everywhere. I love you all. Stay safe. Monkeypox is the new pandemic. So Sweet. Be- yeah, I've got it. So I'm going to get to you. If yeah. you've got it, I'm fucking killing you in your sleep. Sweet. It's really difficult good. to catch monkeypox. No, it's not. You have to like, like people have to cough on you and shit. Like, right up close. Yeah, people have to I, get on you. I don't know if you've seen the last two years. Of it's not COVID. airborne. You have no, to. No, but if someone has to cough on you, then you speak. That's coughing like a, a wound. Like pretty much. I mean, yeah, we've all got wounds. I'm constantly bleeding out of certain areas. <laughs> I mean, I've always got that whole thing where just blood starts coming out my hand, and I don't know what it's for. Why? <laughs> it's a bit. <laughs> it's inconvenient sometimes they like, call him blood man I'm trying to make a sandwich and it just starts <laughs> called a blood man it's a pair of blood he's got blood in him that's Morbius <laughs> Morbius is blood man yeah alright okay I was watching Spider-Man the Japanese one oh, and yeah. there was a monster who was sucking people's blood yeah. Taking the blood out of their body. Yeah. And I was just like, it's Morbin time. Yeah, it's definitely Morbin time. <laughs> yeah. You know what's funny? Jared Leto's old enough that he could probably play Morbius in that as well. Yeah, he probably could have, yeah. I still can't fucking believe people are going to look at a picture of that puffy-ass fucking 50-year-old cocaine-up weirdo and say, oh, he doesn't look a day over 25. I'm like, yeah, he looks many days over 25. You're right. It's not just a single one. He's a very old man. 
He's almost the same age as Jared Harris, who plays his dad. And Jared Harris, in between two scenes, does not age. That's because Jared Harris is ageless. He's pretty great, isn't he? He's pretty great. Anyway, um, Boris Johnson fucks kids and lies about it. Prince Andrew's a sweaty nonce. Prince Andrew's a sweaty nonce. He's also... Boris Johnson has also changed the law, so people that lie in Parliament no longer get prosecuted for it. They it's don't fine. have to lose their jobs. It's That's totally weird, fine. isn't it? Fine. That's a weird choice. Why would he do that? Almost like he lies a lot, isn't it? What a cunt. What a dumb What's that interview cunt? on the TV where someone where she asked the MP if Boris Johnson lies and he says no. She says, are you aware he's been fired for lying twice? Yeah. <laughs> that... I don't know why people can't just be honest. Like, why is it why is it not allowed to be honest? Because um, you make more money. No, but you don't. If you lie for other people. No, you don't. Who are giving you loads of money. If you, like, if you're lying and you're trying to fool stupid people into stuff because you're lying... You're going to make less money than someone who could outwardly convince people that's a good You'd thing. You'd like to think that. But there was a former UKIP minister who was selling people water with bleach in it as a thing to clean them, to um, clean their guts as a detoxing thing. And people brought it. Yeah, but that reduces down the amount of UKIP voters. That's a good thing. Yeah, probably. Yeah. He was doing someone else all the favour. I mean, COVID's reduced down the amount yeah, of that's true. <laughs> so. Monkeypox will get them next. Yeah. Oh, have you seen what it does to people? They like, get like fucking like massive gross cysts. Yeah, I love popping zits. them. I'll be all right. Oh, oh, I'll be getting. Ugh. I'll be heating a needle up. Fucking Ugh. going to town. Heating a needle. Yeah, heat a needle up. Heating a needle. Yeah, burn the skin. It'll pop. Where do you get fucking cysts from? Fucking That's what you do to Royal Hospital. No, you just fucking pop and squeeze. No, you do a bit. And then you pull of, all you the skin it. off. Yeah. No, you pop them, you pull all the skin off. Does people still, does people's skin still peel like it did in the 80s? Yeah. When you yeah, get, never when done you get that. Assisted, no, I mean like when you get sunburnt. No. No, when I was a kid you used to get that and you just pull, peel the skin off. Yeah, no, we're uh, made of hardier stock now. No. And also all our food's not boiled. Oh, I miss that. I miss being able to You miss pull... being too hydrated. Yeah, I miss when I was a kid just pulling like whole... I'll tell you what, you would have loved, you would have loved my foot on the 100k. I mm. had a blister that got so big I was about an inch and a half taller than I normally am. That's right. I took a step. I, I was saying to T, I was like, "We're probably going to need to stop at the next medic tent just so I can get this checked." And uh, we had walked another another mile, like we had walked jogged because mm. by that point we we're very tired. And uh, I took a step, and then suddenly it burst, and I was short again. I had to retie my shoe, and I went probably don't have to worry about that blister. <laughs> and then I had to stop anyway. I remember bursting a blister on my toe when I worked at H and V by accidentally kicking a stand. Oh. And um, I looked down at my shoe. I had grey shoes, and there was like a dark patch yeah. all over my shoe. This is basically, I had to peel my sock off that was just full water. of blood. Just water. I had to peel my sock off that was full of blood. And then mm. the space, the blister was about that section of my foot. So it was the entirety of the front of my foot, essentially. Mm. I had to peel all that off, and then I had to apply these horrible bandages that suck moisture out of the wound. Bring spare shoes with you and change to a good No, pair I had of socks. Shoes. I had socks. Yeah, but, just... but the shoes I was wearing I mean, were. Garfield like, slippers, they're comfy. My shoes that I was wearing were like £200 ASICs. God. And they were fucking great. It was like oh, so you're saying no, it wouldn't be a good idea for me to do that with my um, £25 carry more <laughs> yeah, yeah. shoes from Sports yeah. Direct? No, I don't think it'd be a good no. idea. What about with all wear the boxes? Wear them in first. Yeah, wear them in first. Yeah, yeah. And then you'd be fine. I'll just do my Garfield slippers. I'll give it a try. Anyway. All right, anyway, yeah. Um, piss off. Yeah, piss off, ghost. I was oh, going to say piss off. Yeah. What am I doing? Let's ask Joe Pesci what's... No, 